This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. The show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Back to the Omega Man Radio Network. Tonight is a live program. Pleasure to be back with you again tonight. And uh, back by popular demand. You have asked for it. We've got Al Cuppet back on tonight. It's a pleasure not to have Brother Cuppet on. And uh, we're going to have uh, him kick off the football this week. We have got a loaded week of guests. Praise God. God is creating some favor. And uh, I think I'm doing uh, back-to-back shows all week. So just a pleasure and honor to have uh, Brother Cuppet back with us tonight to start it all off. Let's get Brother Al on the line. Brother Al, how are you tonight? Am I there? You are here, my friend. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. I'm I'm uh, dropping the, uh, how do you you say it, the loading uh, ramp? Yeah, you got you got to drop the gangplank. I'll salute the fantail and come on aboard the good ship, Blog Talk Radio. I guess it is permission granted. Let's go. (laughs) Amen, brother. Yeah, see, I was in the uh, service of my country for 31 years, and I learned all those Navy terms. um, Even though I was in the Army, because I had 19 years joint service: Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. And I know what Bupers is, I know uh, dispersing, I know what Airedales are, I know what uh, Mustangs are and Marine Corps. You got uh, detailers, and uh, years ago they used to used to play out, they used to have a term of paying off a dead horse. Now most of the new guys don't know what dead horse is, but a dead horse back in the 60s was an advance pay you got when you went on a cruise. And I don't, I don't think they told their wife about it, or I'm not sure, but when they tried to pay back the six months, it's called paying off a dead horse. But anyhow... I'm here. Let's pray a word of prayer, Bruce. Yes, sir. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you now. Lord, guide us and direct us and open the eyes and ears, the spiritual eyes and ears of Lord, those who are listening. We pray, O Lord, that we not impart fear, but impart faith. Yes. Before the end of this program, Lord, and yes, there are some fearful things, Father, but we ask you now that we grant peace, joy, hope, and love. In the name of Jesus, Lord, restore your word to the church. Restore your hymn book to the church, O God. Lord, give us one more chance at revival, Lord, like our forefathers once knew so far, so many years ago. And, Father, we just claim it all now in Jesus' name. Bless the program, the listeners, the sponsor, the host, the host, the guest, whatever, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And, Doc, uh, Brother Al, before we get started, I want to give out our call number tonight. If you'd like to talk to Brother Al Cuppett, the uh, call number is going to be 917-889-2745, or toll-free is 877-806-2482. We will be opening up the lines, and uh, feel free to call in and talk to Brother Al tonight. Roger that. Well, Brother Al, where would you like to start off tonight? Well, I had a friend of mine. Well, let's see. Uh, the Bible tells us my people destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's right. My people destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, it's not so much uh, secular knowledge we're talking about, folks. We're talking about spiritual knowledge. But even today, in the last few years, we're ending up now with even secular knowledge is, is evading most Christians and most believers. Because if they're watching that television set, it's the national, international news is mostly based on lies. Satan bases everything on uh, what we used to call in the Pentagon tactical deception. We have a discipline in the Pentagon, in the Army, Navy, Air Force. We have uh, an order of battle. And in that order of battle, one of, the, one of the things is we use tactical deception. If you deceive the enemy by tactical deception, it's much easier than trying to whip him with weapons or, or on the battlefield if you can deceive him ahead of time and completely undermine his plans and completely uh, trick him into believing you're going to do something different. And That's so right. Satan is out there to deceive. He's he's always out to deceive you. Everything he does is usually lies. Now, he does use truth now and then, and truth mixed with lies is probably the most dangerous thing you can find. And that's why, and you grab one of these perverted Bibles out there, and you pick it up, it might say Jesus wept. That's truth. That's exactly what's settled in heaven. But you keep reading, you're going to find out a whole lot of other stuff in these new versions that is wrong or missing. Amen. So, he really can trick you with lies and truth mixed. Obviously, he you ought to be able to catch all the lies he tells, but most of the time he uses truth mixed with lies to throw you off balance. Because the truth you see, oh yeah, but the lies, you don't know that, know what they, what that is, so you you swallow the the whole the whole shebang. And that's what he's into. So I had a friend of mine surmise to me the other day that Nancy Pelosi may be up to something. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. And oh, yeah. as, as the Speaker of the House, she is the third in line for the presidency. The President, the Vice President, Speaker of the House, and I believe next is the Secretary of State. I think that's the next person in line. And so uh, if that's the case, we have two women in line for the presidency at this point. Until now, until January, 20, uh, January 4th. But anyhow... My buddy surmised, he said, look, what if she decides to tell Admiral Mullen and all the justices of the Supreme Court about Obama's birth certificate? We want it subpoenaed. We want to see it. We're going to call for it. So you get on his case and tell him to resign, and you can tell Biden to resign, too, because he was elected fraudulently because Obama was born in the Coast Hospital 
Mombasa, Kenya, 4 August 1961. He was not born in Hawaii, and he was raised in Indonesia. So I'm not saying that's a prophetic utterance my buddy gave me. No, this was a fellow named Chuck. But it's a possibility she's now clamoring to be the minority leader, and she wants her power. Actually, Steny Hoyer from Prince George's County in this Maryland, used to be the Maryland 7th District, now it's the Maryland 6th District, I believe. Hoyer is senior to her, and he should have gotten it, and I'm sure he's chafing at the bit. Uh, he's upset. Uh, I, I graduated the same day Steny did from high school, and he graduated uh, from Suitland High School, and I graduated from Bladensburg High School, and he's a few days older than me. Uh, a month, maybe less, but uh, he should have been the guy. But Nancy Pelosi, watch out, because when I was working in Baltimore in 1958 as a refrigeration mechanic, I was an encyclopedia salesman and a machinist apprentice, she was the daughter of Mayor de Alessandro, and Mayor de Alessandro was the mayor of Baltimore in 1958. Oh. So she's come a long way, and her face is good looking pretty much but her heart is as dark as anybody's when it comes to deception so um, I'm telling you you better pray the Lord's will be done or you need to pray that the Lord will protect us from the evil which is planned up there who knows what's going to happen but that's what my buddy thought about and I'd like to throw another thing in there my buddy Bob said to me some time back when Obama declared this was not a Christian nation, he declared we were one of the largest Muslim nations in the world per capita uh, as far as the number of people in our country versus how many Muslims are here. And uh, here he is, and, and the Lord spoke to Bob and said, I shall deal with this man as I dealt with King Saul. Oh. Now, uh, he's over there in, Indone- in India. He's going to fly to Indonesia. I don't know where he's going to land, but Jakarta is probably 100 miles from that thing, that, that, that volcano. And, folks, I'm telling you, he is tempting God. Now, this is not prophetic either. It's just surmising that anybody who flies in his situation, who's anti-Israel, as he is, and, and anti, anti-Jew is what he's going to be. He was raised in Indonesia and was raised in Islam. Islam. He's going to fly into a country which has got an active volcano which could open up like Mount Vesuvius. Yes. Mount Vesuvius at Pompeii, they were what is now called Pompeii Scavi, which is Pompeii excavated. They were butchering Christians in the Colosseum that day when Mount Vesuvius blew up. There you uh, go. Vesu- Vesuvius was a plug dome, as was uh, uh, Mount St. Helens, and there's, there's about 10 or 15 plug domes across the Pacific Northwest. That means the lava has sealed over and the pressure is building under them things. And uh, under those things. And Mount St. Helens was a plug dome and the plug popped all at once. A huge blast. Mount Vesuvius right now is uh, half a mile across the actual crater that's there now. But that thing was 11 miles across. When it blew up, you can see the hills around Mount Vesuvius. I've been there. And it's 11 miles across to that crater and uh, caldera, it's not a caldera, it's a dead caldera, but it is not extinct. It is it has acted up over the years. It is always pushing a little steam out. And if if this thing, this volcano down there, whatever, I can't even say it in Indonesian, but if that thing would blow its top... And at Krakatoa? And Krakatoa, Krakatoa, like Krakatoa did, he's yeah. going to fly close to this thing. 
And I'm not, there's nothing prophetic about this, but just, I mean, that is tempting God. That's right. <laughs> to, to go down there near a volcano to see your place where you spent four or five years and learned Islam. Well, so that's what he's doing. Maybe he thinks that little monkey god that he carries around in his pocket is going to save him. I don't know, brother. But you heard uh, about that? No, but they uh, yeah, I, they I had him pull uh, the contents out of his pocket. And abomination carries around a little monkey god from the Hindu hmm. religion, oh, along yeah. with some other amulets and charms. Well, that figures because he doesn't have any faith in anything except most people who have no faith in in, in God Almighty, the true God Almighty, like to carry things around. Uh, several religions out there have these um, have these Saint Christopher, and uh, they carry crucifixes, and the Arabs and the Greek folks over there uh, carry worry beads. Okay, worry beads are nothing more than witchcraft. That's right. So they they trust in in in, in the God of this world to deliver them from whatever. But uh, this is what I, I was looking at, and uh, we talked about the, the Pelosi plot. Let's let's talk about. Let's talk about these recent these re- this recent bombing scare, okay? We didn't talk about it, did we? No, sir. Give us okay. an update on that. Let's take a look at what's going on here, folks. First and foremost, they're trying to put fear in you. And as you know, that the New World Order states, Ordo Abkeo, which means an order out of chaos. And they are conjuring up, and that's the right word, conjuring up. They are conjuring up the chaos to bring about their New World Order. Of course, 911 was a fearful thing to most people because if you believe what happened on that television set, what happened or what they told you happened, you've been completely deceived. That's right. The uh, I went to the Alex Jones New York, Neocon Agenda and the 911 conference in 19 and 2006. By the way, I'll tell you how that works, folks. I had a sister call me up and say, "No, a brother sent me a note. This is what the word of the Lord, man. You're supposed to go to that meeting." I said, hey, you can't tell me that. i got to have another witness. Thirty minutes later, another sister called me and said, Al, you need to go to that meeting out there. Uh, okay, that's two, right? I said, okay, Lord. Uh, i got two witnesses now. If you want to provide the funding, let me know. Thirty minutes later, a guy walked in and gave me the money for a ticket. Praise God. I said, oh, man, oh, man, look at this. Okay, here's the Lord again. So I listened to this. I even got to talk about the USS Liberty out there. The lies that's being told about about the Israelis attacking the Liberty, including Alex Jones is putting out lies on his terror storm video, completely wrong. Yes. But anyhow, uh, I heard 20 hours of testimony, and I heard two guys get up and say, hey, you just proved to us that the planes that hit the towers were not commercial passenger planes. Then where are the planes and where are the people? And Alex Jones said, I don't know. And I shouted, I know where they are. And I do. And I walked up and told him. Where are they, Al? Well, what did the Nazis do with uh, the people they didn't like? Well, they gassed them. Yeah, that's right. And what did they do with them then? Uh, well, well, they, they cremated them. Uh-huh. Yeah, they cremated them. So, anyhow, they're going to put a terror scare into us with 911. All our troops are shipped overseas, and they have to put a terror scare in us. And in Homeland Security, behind the scenes, only 10% of that's thing is flood and mud. The rest of it is behind-the-scenes preparation. Most continuity of, it, of government? Right, the continuity of government plan. and all the. I, I went down to FEMA, FEMA in 1984. I was sent over there to see their some of their operation, and I walked in, and they, they made me sign in and started escorting me. Wait a minute. I got a code word clearance. Why are you escorting me around? 
oh, we got covert clearances too. I said, for flood and mud? For flood and mud, you got a above top secret clearance? And for you civilians, it's 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 above top secret. I'm not going to go into the uh, National Security Act of 1947 or whatever, but uh, I said, what do you guys got top code word clearances for flood and mud for? I mean, you're talking about hurricanes and stuff? Well, we got them. I'll tell you what it is. It's it's continuity government plan. They have, they have divided our country up into ten regions and the world into ten, ten, ten kingdoms. That's right. And even Virginia is divided into ten regions also. And the name of the game is to put enough scare into people. It was called National Security Emergency Preparedness back then, NSEP. And as you know, the David Most, Davis Motion Pictures video we put out, uh, um, we, I talked on there. I said, I am versus the New World Order. That one, and plus the other one, Twin Brothers Church and Pearls for the Very Elect. I make it very plain in there what's going on. They're trying to put a scare into everybody to make you give up your freedom and forfeit your rights, turn in everything you got for something to eat. Well, we then had, there was a big scare about somebody in Europe caught somebody trying to carry liquids on the plane to make a bomb in the bathroom. Well, when that happened, we all had to bow down to the New World Order at the security checkpoint. We couldn't carry anything over it ounce and a half or so on the airplane they're having us bow down and I had a PhD write me a in chemistry write me a letter he said Al there's no way you can mix the bomb they're talking about in the bathroom of an airplane with anything you can carry on the plane <laughs> and so they had everybody but now we're being bowed down so then you get a guy with a shoe bomber now, this is a pretty good story they had over there about the liquids, and it was completely bogus, as I just told you. The shoe bomber was Richard Reed. This guy was a real doofus. You can tell by looking at him. It never happened that way, folks, because if you're going to blow up a plane with a shoe bomb, why would you light it in the aisle? Why not take a chance? Why take a chance? Go into the bathroom and light it. Boom. Well, if that happens, you don't have a story, see? You don't have a terror story. You don't have any terror story. If, if, that, if he did that, the plane goes down in the middle of the Atlantic or something. You don't have any proof of what happened, but they needed a story. So they come out with this shoe bomber thing. Now everybody's got to take their shoes off. American freedom-loving people have to take their shoes off and bow down to the ugly arcs of the New World Order. Okay, along comes the underwear bomber last Christmas. The underwear bomber decides not to go in the bathroom. He's going to blow himself up sitting in the seat under a blanket. Well, why didn't he go in the bathroom? Because if he blew up the bathroom and brought the plane down, you wouldn't have a story. That's right. And so they had to have a terror story, okay? So now you've got these printer cartridges being shipped from Yemen or wherever, supposedly. And now you can't take anything on the plane. Every time you turn around, you've got to be stripped down. With the underwear bomber, you've got to go into an x-ray machine. You get stripped naked in front of an x-ray machine. That's what the Jews had to do in front of the German SS. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Stripped down yes. naked. And so now we're being stripped down naked. Oh, the New World Order loves it. They love it. We'll get these Americans. We'll really get them. And so that's just what they're doing. This whole thing is, 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 is a hoax. You know... You I would be surprised that the next thing they do is they say there's some biological agent that they need to go uh, give us a shower that before we can get be, on the plane. Yeah. Huh? Absolutely. And, you know, this is the deception that they yeah, use. Mercy. 
having us bow down, and they love to do it because Americans, uh, there's a lot of Christians in America, there's a lot of true Christians in America. Unfortunately, it looks to me like uh, there's not a whole lot anymore like there used to be. The ones that died went on to be with the Lord. There's a few of us left now. But, uh, you know, I, I told a friend of mine, Bruce, many years ago, he said he said to me, Al, I said, Mike, I can't believe that the church doesn't know about some of this stuff. If all of us in this prayer group know about it, why don't the per- church goes know about it? He says, well, maybe the true church does. I said, what? The true, you mean to tell me that that few is all that know about it? Well, it says straight as a gate and narrows away, and, and few enter in thereat. There's yeah, few that true. enter in, you know? And God so, have mercy. You know, it, it, the people are, have been lulled to sleep by the by Satan, yeah. Brother Al. Um, they're asleep. The watchmen are not on the wall, looking for the enemy. The enemy has actually entered into the gates, into the camp. That's right. And um, we're in some trouble, people. If we don't wake up, we and we are in we are in absolutely gross trouble. Let me tell you, this is what happened today. I got a friend of mine named John. He says I got a Turkish fella named. Peter is a Christian. He wants to come see you. He don't live too far away. So I talked to Peter, and Peter called me today. Yes. And, and I said, I said, Merhaba, Abi Nasusinas, you know, and that means, how are you doing, brother? Uh, how is it? And in Turkish. I can speak a little Turkish. I got enough to make him smile. I spent many trips to Turkey. So he said, come on down. So he stopped off, and I went to meet him. I said, come on down to the house, and I'm going to show you some stuff. So I grabbed it. I said, what Bible are you using? Well, I'm using, uh, he's taking the King James, I'm using the NIV. I says, well, come over here. And I whipped out uh, Matthew 17, 21. I says, can you find verse 21? No. Now, folks, get your pencil, write this down, okay? Matthew 17, 21. Get you a pencil and write it down. This is, this is critical stuff. Well, that verse is not there. I said, the number's not there either, is it? No. I said, even the oh. Jehovah's Witness Bible, even the Jehovah's Witness Bible puts the number there. God but NIV is so deceptive. There's a deception again, right? You've got verse 20 is there. Verse 22 is there. Howbeit this kind goeth not up by fasting and prayer. Verse 21 is missing. I said, look here on the next page. Matthew 18, 11. What's missing? Can you find it? No, I don't see it. I said, you're right. You know what it says? It's supposed to say, the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. That's the Lord's commission, but it's missing. I said, Peter, this is missing in your, in your NIV Bible. Well, I, I bought the NIV because I couldn't read too well. He's been here in about 12 years. He's doing pretty good. Well, there's a name for it. It's called the uh, New Illuminati version. That's right. Well, I can tell you, uh, he's done a pretty good job of learning English, considering most Americans can't stay a, stay a word of Turkish, right? So, so so then I showed him Acts 8.37, where the eunuch confessed Jesus was the Son of God. He could be baptized by Philip there at Gaza. See, I didn't know those were missing. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a chart here. I'll give you a chart of the Bible chart of where these Bibles came from. So I did. But here is the deception, and Wycliffe translators are now sending these perverted Bibles, just like the one I just showed him. His Bible was wrong, and I showed him just three places, 66,000 places. They're sending them to the whole world, and now the whole kingdom of God has been leavened by, with polluted bread. The Spirit of God is almost completely bound for the most part, and, uh, and this is what the deception is. And so I told this fella about that. Now, what's next here? Let me think. Uh, well, let me add on to that, uh, Brother sure. Al, that even the New King James Version. Oh, yeah. The last statistic I got is there was over 100,000 right. changes. According to Dr. David Waite, there's more than 66,000. There's 100,000 changes in it. And I got, uh, a, letter. I got a letter. Second witness, uh, yeah. Gil Ripplinger. Right. The Gil Ripplinger, Ripplinger Report. 
And both of us came to the, both of us came to the same conclusion after about twelve years to get us get a Cambridge eighty three or Cambridge eighty, and they're expensive, but they are the one that is the perfect word of God. It took a lot of years to come to that. Now I've got a letter I got from a dear brother in Fairbanks, Alaska. Dear brother Cuppet, I greatly appreciate the information you're sharing with your videos on the internet, mainly YouTube and elsewhere. Well. <laughs> Uh, those videos were produced by Davis Motion Pictures, um, and I didn't put them on the Internet. I don't go where I'm not invited, and somebody else put them up on there. <laughs> uh, Brother Brother Shannon asked me to come on this show, and so I'm here. If you send out regular emails, you know, please send me a few of them. You're the only, he says, you're the only preacher. Well, I don't claim to be much of a preacher. I've just been an uh, uh, expounder of truth, you know. I deal in truth. You're the only preacher I've heard that tells us, one, to use only the King James, and to memorize Scripture, two, to memorize Scripture, because soon our Bibles will be taken away. Now, back in 69, when Brother Dean spoke and said, My children commit Scripture to memory, very soon the word shall be taken away. Well, we always say from prophetic evidence, Jesus is coming soon. Yes, he is. One day, second coming, he's coming. But very soon is prior to soon. And sure enough, we now found out that, uh, that the word has been taken away with these perverted Bibles. He says, Yesterday evening, while listening to one to one of your messages, now, I don't know where he got it on, maybe he was listening to, uh, he might have been listening, I don't know where, he could have been listening to Freedom Fighters of America, he, should have been, he may have been watching it on uh, YouTube or something. He said, The Spirit of God spoke to me very clearly, Memorize my word. Well, That's right. I've been working on that, and obviously need to put more time and effort into it. Amen, that's what you got to do, brother. This letter is a form of encouragement. In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and he is giving angels charge over you, lifting you up so you will not dash your foot against a stone. And uh, you have blessed oh. me with what you are sharing. I want to also be a blessing to you. You're in my daily prayers. And this is what he said. I opened the Bible just a few minutes ago, and the Lord directed me to Deuteronomy 32, verses 28 and 29. For they, referring to a nation, are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. So, oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, what I'll add to that, uh, Brother sure, Al, is that, uh, you know, the, the King James Bible, folks, was has been in concrete, set in stone for over 400 years. That's right. Okay, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, you want something that uh, doesn't get revision, doesn't get corrupted. You know, like many of the textbooks in the schools over Russia was notorious for it. Now they would go through and, uh, depending on what they believed at the time, they would go in and rewrite their books and change history. Right. That's a, well, that's happened in our country, too. Absolutely. And uh, it could happen, happen with the Word of God. It has happened. Folks, they've gotten in there. They've corrupted it. Go look at, uh, Go to YouTube and look up the Ripplinger Report on the New Age Bible versions, and you'll see some of the people that have been sitting on these boards, homosexuals, atheists, right. witches, and they've That's gotten right. in there corrupted the Word of God. They've taken out references to spiritual warfare tools, such as, you know, some demons only come out by prayer and fasting. That's where they took it out. That's right. I uh, wonder why they would take that out, because the demons don't want to come out, Brother uh, Al, Bruce, so. let me, uh, Brother Shannon, let me tell you something right here. Let me clarify something. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The word demon is not found in the King James Bible. It's from a Greek word, and my buddy knows from practical experience, you need to use the word evil spirit, 
deaf and dumb spirit, foul spirit, foul spirit, spirit. Come out of him, you foul devil. That's and, what they are, uh, foul. They're foul, and the word demon does not shake them because it's not a King James word. But anyhow, uh, I had a that friend of mine. They, that, are. They, are, they are foul spirits. Well, I had a friend of mine who saw in a vision, the Lord showed him, when you try to cast the devil out and you're using the NIV, he doesn't come out. He just sits there and laughs. And you'll you'll wear yourself out trying to cast that sucker out by by using the wrong stuff and using and be accessing the wrong Bible that the devil himself wrote. Now I got one more letter here, folks. I want to tell you about it. Here it is. This is from some folks out in uh, Michigan, and it says, "Hi Al, my wife and I enjoy listening to you on Talk Show Radio. That's Freedom Fighters. We believe in the spirit-filled life." and believe the end-time church must be clothed in the power and protection of Christ with the operation of the spiritual gifts, that's of the Holy Ghost, to thwart the works of darkness and give believers discernment in these last days. We also believe people will not survive unless they are tapped into what the Holy Spirit is saying, even at a moment's notice, like, bug out now. And that's exactly what I've been saying, folks, a long time. Now, it says, we also need to know that we may have to sacrifice our lives just as Christ or many apostles did for the purposes of the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's true. If, you know, the five foolish virgins are going to sacrifice their lives. Okay? The ten foolish virgins are the ones who are going to get spared out of this thing and not have to go through some of this terrible stuff. But the five foolish virgins are going to get struck down or through the, through the crucible one way or another. Okay? Let me finish this here. Um, okay, just, sacrifice our lives just as Christ and many of the apostles did for the purposes of the kingdom of God. Admittedly, while we are aware of the are aware of the truth, we are not living as it as we should, but taking steps to change by walking in obedience to the word. And that's what this brother is saying now. Just a short few months ago, we had no knowledge of the new world order and what it has been doing behind the scenes. We are fast becoming educated and are doing what we can with a very modest income to prepare for what is coming. We marvel at, what we marvel at is a lack of such knowledge. What did I tell you, folks, at the beginning of the program? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, is in Hosea. The lack of knowledge seems to be more the rule than the exception. Hey, that's right. People are completely blind to what is going on around them. Seeing how few realize the truth, it is understandable how many will miss eternity. Well, they won't miss eternity, but they'll miss heaven, is what, she, what he's saying. They'll be ended up in the wrong place. We are listening carefully to your warnings and have an intimate prayer life with fasting. To have, No, I'm sorry. We are carefully listening to your warnings to have an intimate prayer life with fasting. We have removed diluted, perverted versions of the Bible and purchased King James Version's Bible for each of us. It seemed like so much with so little time. Praise God, folks. we got two, two people here who have caught on to the truth, and Satan hates the authorized version. Now... If you don't mind, we'd like to begin a dialogue with you if you have time, either email or whatever, whatever you prefer. I have a, I have a question about tithing. If we believe the churches around us are not teaching and preaching the truth, to what organization can we be confidently tithing? We are commended to tithe and confessed as to where and confused as to where to send it. Do you have any suggestions? Well, she mentions Times Square Church with Brother Wilkinson. Uh, if David has. If David and his ministry is compromised in some way, and you're aware of it, we would appreciate you knowing feedback on this issue. Um, folks, David Wilkerson is one of the greatest preachers that's ever graced this planet in the last 50 years. 
He started in 1953 from a town in Pennsylvania. But David won't tell you to use the authorized version only. I have read his, I get his mail all the time, and he's never said to use the authorized version only. I have found, I have found only one preacher or two preachers recently over out of hundreds that have authorized to get rid of the perverted Bibles and use the King James only. And uh, people ask to know where to send stuff. Well, Jerry Golden's got a ministry over in Israel. It's a very good ministry, and I tithe to that. That's a great one. I'll, the Golden I'll, I'll, Re- I'll Look up thegoldenreport.com, and if you want to find out, you can write me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. Uh, I'm not rich, but I get along. All the books and all the videos have been produced by somebody else, and I send them out as the Lord provides. But anyhow, she said, we don't have a lot of funds, but if you need anything, we can send a little money to help. Let us know. Well, no, no. I will never say, "Hey, I need money." I don't. That's the Lord's business. Uh, I told them, "Look, that's a question that you really shouldn't ask that to any servant of the Lord, because money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil." So I don't go asking. That's up to you. You know, you have to pray, and it's a, you're accountable out there for the tithing, for the offerings that you give to wherever, and you pray about it. You pray about it, and you can do whatever. If you get uh, if you get the video or look at the video on the Internet, Pearls for the Very Elect, I show you how you can get guidance. I've showed you. I show you and show you and show you. If you can't find that whole video up there on, on the thing, if it's cut short on one of the places up there, you write me, and I'll see that you get one. Amen. Uh, we realize you're under a lot of pressure. We'll keep you in our prayers. Thanks for being a watchman. Your brother and sister in Christ, and... Uh, Two, one couple there in Michigan, okay? So they wrote a letter, and uh, I appreciate it, and I really, I uh, I got a letter from this guy named Matt. And I'm not going to say who he is, but I read his stuff, and it seemed all right, the first newsletter I got. Next thing you know, he's slamming the Jews. He's slamming oh the goodness. Jews. I said, listen here, I know there's Zionist Jews out there, and there's some bad ones, but what about the Jesuits? I said, yeah. the Jesuits have tried to kill me many more times than any Jew ever has. In fact, no Jew has tried to kill me. But I said, <clears throat> the Jesuits have, and there's plans of a mother bunches that's after me too. But, uh, you know, the Lord said, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and I'm here on the program. If I was scared, I sure wouldn't be on this program. You know, you know Al, there are bad apples in every race. Okay? That's right. Yeah. You know, listen, we've yeah. got bad apples here in America, so what are we going to do? We're going to start uh, saying all Americans are bad? Yeah, that's Next. Right. You know, yeah. uh, what, I, what yeah. I want to add to that is that's an anti-Semitic spirit. I'll tell you what it is, folks. It's the same spirit that was in Adolf Hitler and, and, that's and operating uh, in people today. Him and Joseph, Goeb- Joseph Goebbels and Hermann Goering and uh, the guy named Stryker and the guy uh, uh, Reinhard Heydrich. And, uh, How many times uh, have you been to Israel, Brother Al? Ten. Okay, and I, I want to I say this to the... Uh, the people that would uh, come down and try to say bad things about Israel. How many times have you been to Israel, folks? I had a, uh, a lady just come on the other day and try to tell me about the Zionist Jews. I don't want to hear it. That's right. Uh, if you've been to Israel, you will know how big it is. How big is Israel compared to maybe one of our states here in America, Brother Al? Israel's about the size of New Jersey, and the Arab countries are about the size of United States 
and the South America and bigger all around them. <laughs> Let's settle something for, for once and for all. We've got Egypt. Okay, we've got Saudi Arabia. We've got Syria. We've got Iraq. They can even go to their cousins, the Persians, in Iran. Right. Uh, we've got Libya. And Jordan. We've got Jordan. Ethiopia okay, we've got Qatar. We've got all Qatar. these Arab yeah. countries over there. Yeah, one little piece of ground, not even as big even as Lebanon. Lebanon. It looks like a drop in a bucket, and here they're trying to get it. You know what? The, the Palestinians, folks, are treated very well. They're allowed to cut. They were they were until they decide to start blowing people up. They're allowed to come in there. They get um, access to food. They can work. They can do use a transportation system. They've got passports to come and go. Yeah. What happens is they start getting crazy and want to blow people up. And what what else would you? What else can you do but protect yeah. yourselves? That's right. So they've been treated very well. The bottom line is they don't want peace. They want to drive Israel to the sea. So my advice to anybody who would say, oh, you're anti-Palestinian, folks, they can move back over to one of the Arab countries. Leave Israel alone. Let me tell you something. You want to curse yourself. The fastest way to curse it is curse Israel. That's right. Because let me go use the words of God, Genesis 12, 3. If you bless my people Israel, I'll bless you. If you curse them, I will curse you. God brings down curses, Brother Al. That's right. He will curse people if they curse his people Israel. He will, right. he will curse you if you're born out of wedlock down to ten generations. That's called the curse of the bastard. Curses yeah. are real, folks. Yes, sir. Let me tell and you. So you don't want to mess with God. Leave Israel alone, okay? Yeah. Let God deal with, deal with Israel. And you stand beside Israel and reaffirm their right to the land. Because God is going to keep his word, Brother Al. That's right. That Abraham, he watches Abraham over his word before it. He's going to keep that Abrahamic covenant, yeah. And, you know, I hear this, well, you know... It, uh, God's talking about spiritualism. No, he's talking about physical Israel. That's right. He gave that to the 12 tribes. Right. And if you go down and look down the prophetic timeline, after it's all settled, said and done, they're never going to be driven out of their land again. That's right. And you and I, folks, as a Gentile believer, okay, praise Jesus that we've been grafted in. We're the wild branch grafted in along with the natural branch of the olive tree. That's right. Okay, and God has not... uh, no fig tree. Uh, God has not forsaken Israel. Okay, right. the time of the Gentiles is drawing to a close, and then He's going to remember His people and He's going to restore them. Yeah. So this is just a demonic spirit, which continues to be perpetuated, and I really don't understand it. And uh, again, I would challenge people before you open your mouth, go over there and look at Israel and see what kind of rotten mess it's in, because they've been forced by America and all these other countries to give up the land. Right. And we're going to lose the ground. We're going to lose it. We're, we gave up uh, Gush Katif. We pressured them into giving up Gush Katif, and we're going to lose a piece of America before it's over, and it should happen before 2012. But let me give you a testimony, one of the greatest testimonies I've ever had. <clears throat> First of all, I was sent to Hawaii, and the slot in Hawaii that I was going to had been open from May until September, and they couldn't fill it. They couldn't find a sergeant, staff sergeant to go to Hawaii. They couldn't get one to go. And I finally put in for it, and I got it. Zippo. And I went to Hawaii. I got saved two years after I got there. Yes. And I started tithing right away as soon as I got saved. Now, the first, I mean, we paid. Now, our sergeant didn't make much money, but I, I, was, I, I paid a year before I got saved to this little old Baptist church he was going to. 
And I started going to it because I heard my son say a little bad word. I said, Tommy, start going to church. And we'd both been raised in church, me and my wife. So we started going to church. Wasn't much of a church, but I paid. I gave that church $163 that year, I remember. <laughs> and, the year, and then I got saved. And next year, I paid. I, the Lord had me give, I think it was $1,600. And I think I probably made $16,000 that year on a gross. That's how I paid my tithes on a gross, okay? When the income tax check comes back, I don't, you don't have to pay tithes on a refund. That's right. Well, I had, right after I got saved, I got a letter from Rex Humbard, a letter from Revival Time, which used to be a powerful source, uh, radio voice that sent me to God, but they've gone to the dogs, and I, I know all about it because the great uncle founded seven of those churches. And I tried to found one from 75 to 85, and they went out and blowed up six abortion clinics, and I knew we were doing something bad wrong. Wrong Bible, wrong songs, and everything. Well, when I was over there, <clears throat> I got a letter from, a, also, the third letter was from Hebrew Christian Evangelization Society. So I sent a five-buck check to Rex Humbard and a five-dollar check to uh, Revival Time. Now, five bucks don't seem like much now, but it was a lot more in 1969. And uh, I said, Lord, I'll send the Jews something else. I'll send it later on. And I actually wept. I said, I didn't send, and something came over me. I didn't send the Hebrew Christian Evangelization Society out of California. I didn't send them any money. Well, I had been looking for a house off base. Now, there was so much carrying on over there that GIs who went to Korea, I mean, I'm sorry, Vietnam, they let, the, they let their wives stay in the uh, stay in the government quarters, but then there was so much hanky-panky going on and so much adultery and fornication going on, the post commander put them off base. And in fact, one guy came home, his wife was three months pregnant, he'd been gone eight months, and she was three months pregnant, and he took her out in the parking lot and used a forty-five on her. Oh, my goodness. And so the the old man or the, the base commander, post commander, says, that's it. No more Vietnam guys can stay on the base, on the post. If you want to have your family wait for you and come home from Vietnam, you put her off, bay, off post. And uh, since I was involved in the Navy and the Air Force so much, I say, and Marines, I say base. And I should, Army, it's really post. But uh, <clears throat> anyhow, I was started looking in September, I'm sorry, July, I started looking for a house. I wanted to find a house off the, off the post so I could move my family there. I'd get station allowance, housing allowance, uh, whatever allowance, all kinds of allowances. I lived in a high-rent district. Right. And so I went up to see Susie Peterson, who had seven bungalows and two houses she was building in the field. And uh, Susie and Jim Peterson, and I talk, took my little kids along. One was three and one was nine, uh, six. And uh, she saw them, and uh, I started praying. And I waited June, July, nothing happened. And it, the rain it was raining up there, and they weren't fixing the other houses. She said I could have the other, one of the other two houses at 185 a month, and uh, but they weren't finishing them. And I had to have them by December. Well, I had to have a house in December. September came along, the end of September, and I got a letter from the Hebrew Christian Evangelization Society. Now, I think my mom... Uh, sent my name and they were sending it to me their flyer and so I took five dollars stuck it in an envelope I walked down to the Schofield Barracks post office I stuck it in the box I went out the back gate I drove over to Wheeler Air Force Base walked into my office and I sat down at about 8.30 and at about 9 o'clock the phone rang Sergeant Cuppert this is Susie Peterson she said, uh, I've had a house open up un unexpectedly, 
and I can give it to you in good conscience because it wasn't supposed to open, and you needed a place. And uh, she said, you want to go over and see it? And I said, yes, ma'am, I just want to see it. She said, it's going to be 130 a month now. It's going up from 120 to 130 I said, that's okay. So I said, I'm going over there to see what the Lord is, what has the Lord wrought, you know. And I trucked over there in my car, and it was 23 Dole Road. It's a little bungalow. It's only a three-bedroom, very small little bungalow, but in Hawaii, it's a nice house, okay? The walls are only half-inch thick because it doesn't get cold there. They're made out of redwood, special redwood that termites won't get. And I knocked on the door, and this lady came to the door, and I remember her name. Her name was Brock. Her last name was Brock. And she was expectant. And I said, well, Miss Brock, I said, uh, I'm coming to see the house. I'm probably going to get it. She said, well, come on in, and I'll show it to you. She showed me around, and I said, by the way, why in the world did you break your lease six months early? Oh, she said, uh, we're going down to Honolulu on Waikiki Beach. We've got an apartment down there we're going to get. We're going to spend our last six months down there on a beach where things are really happening. I said, hallelujah, Lord, things are really happening. I just got a $130 house for five bucks. Wow. And, and I had it for 15 months, and after paying all the rent and paying all the utilities, after all the leftover stuff, the leftover, after all the money of my allowances and my housing allowance and all that, after I paid the month and I paid utilities, I had $1,200 in the bank when I came home 15 months later or 15 months out of being in Vietnam. So for $5, I blessed the Jews, and the Lord gave me a $130 house for actually almost 18 months. And I got to come home, folks. Now, see, the reason I wanted the house off post was I could come home on R&R from Vietnam to visit my family. And so I got to come home five times, and five is number for grace and goodness, okay? And I could talk to her every day, five days a week, not the same five because Vietnam was one day ahead of, of Hawaii, but I could talk to her on a teletype machine in the operations center from Saigon to, to Hawaii. I could talk to her five days a week on a teletype machine. And being in communications... I could call the joint overseas switch, which is called a JOS. I would call up there, and I'm saying, I'm starting to from DCA. I'd like to have a, if I can get a patch to Hawaii, I'd like it if you, you know, personal patch. I told the operator, you know, he says, okay, yeah. I said, oh, I'll tell you what, if you give me SB98 or SB99, I said, uh, it won't be preempted. See, I even knew the circuit numbers that <laughs> I had the database, you see, and those two circuits were not preemptible by, uh, by the system. They had to be preempted by the actual operator plugging out the circuit to some other high-priority high circuit. So I got to talk home several times. But for $5 to the Hebrew Christian Evangelization Society, and I don't know if they even exist anymore, but I got a house for 130 bucks for that $5. And I'll give you another testimony while I'm here, folks. When I went to Hawaii, the overcoats were... Uh, were company issued. The overcoat was like a field jacket. It belonged to the unit. And although you kept it with you, uh, when we got to Hawaii, you don't need overcoats in Hawaii. So they said, turn them in. So we turned in this old cloth, cotton, uh, waterproof overcoat, uh, olive drab. And after three years, the Army came out with a new policy of the new AG44 overcoat, which you have to buy yourself. And that rascal was $63. Now, that was a lot of money in 1969, folks. Um, it's, it's probably about a $300, about a $200 overcoat now, okay? Well, I didn't have one. I went down to the supply room and said, hey, 
I need an overcoat. Oh, I ain't got to buy them now under the new rules. Uh-oh. You come in Monday morning, and uh, maybe the supply officer can work something for you, but I don't know. So anyhow, I said, okay. Well, I preached a little sermonette that Sunday night in this little door of faith church. And I prayed two hours, and I heard the words white raiment, and I uh, preached a sermon. And uh, they handed me the envelope in the end of the service. And I said, well, look, I said, I got, a, I got, a, I got an allowance. I said, uh, and I even put $4 in. I plopped $4 in the offering. I didn't, it was the end of the month. I think it was the end of November. I put the $4 I had in my wallet, and I knew the Lord, you know, he blessed me. So I went out. And Monday morning, I'm driving down the road to work, and here's Sergeant Light. Now, I knew Sergeant Light from year, a couple years before, back in 65, uh, four years before. And he's hitchhiking, and I said, jump in here, man. And how's things? Oh, it's okay. And I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I need an overcoat. I said, I'm going to, I'm going back to the States for mid, mid-January and February uh, training, and I don't have an overcoat. Oh, I'll get you an overcoat, man. Oh, wait a minute. I don't want that kind of an overcoat. That's the way, you know, I don't want that. Oh, no, no, no. It's nothing illegitimate. It's okay. I said, well, okay. You see, he says, supply sergeant, they get these overcoats in from these recruits that are coming here going to Vietnam, and they take them away from them, and they hang them up on a, on a rack. And they got some overcoats down there. And so I said, oh, well, okay, you know, I'll see. Went in there, and uh, he said, hey, the Sarge here needs an overcoat. He says, well, I'll tell you what, Sarge. He said, uh, if there's an overcoat over there, there's one over there. There's one overcoat over there. If it fits you perfectly, bring it here. Let me see how it fits. If it fits you perfectly, you can have it. I said, okay. I went over, and I pulled that overcoat off, and it fit perfectly. Now, why did he say that? This is the deal. They have overcoats, and they before the inspector general comes around, they're supposed to turn these overcoats into quartermaster to have be reissued because they're just like new almost. And uh, they have to use four or five forms to turn in a coat to quartermaster. If they're going to turn into salvage, they only had to use one form. So when the IG come around and they had to get rid of these coats and get things up to snuff, they would rip the sleeve out. They put they'd put the They'd put the uh, uh, thing on the floor and jerk it with the, rip the sleeve out of it and turn it in for salvage. A perfectly good overcoat ripped up and salvaged, right? Yes. So he said, if it fits you, you can have it. Because why? Because if you've got a brand new overcoat, okay, you can take it over to Quartermaster and get you another one issued to you a different size if they're both the same. But the Quartermaster guys may ask you, where you get that overcoat at? And you, if you would tell him where he got it, uh, if a guy would tell him that, that the supply sergeant gave it to you, whoa, they did, that would be wrong, see? But since he said, if it fits you, you can have it. Because I certainly believe that it's better than ripping the sleeve out and throwing it away, turning it into salvage, uh, if I got it. And the Lord got it for me. And uh, $4.00 within 24 hours, got me a $63 overcoat. Now, that was $4 of offering. I'd already paid my tithes. That's a $4 offering. You cannot outgive God. I'm going to tell you now. And if you're not paying your tithes, you're robbing the Lord. Amen. Read Malachi chapter 3. It ain't hard to understand. And that's how the kingdom of God is supported. It's supported by tithes and offerings. And God can use 
the 90% better, then you can use the 100%. And if you aren't tithing, I don't care if you're going to home church. I don't care if you're not going to church. You still must tithe on the increase, and you've got to figure somewhere to tithe. So you need to send it to a King James church, a preacher, yeah. or you need to send it to a King James ministry that uses the King James Bible and at least defends it. And you won't find many, but uh, the Lord will find you one if you pray. And, you know, uh, Brother Al, it's not about the quantity, folks, that you give. Um, no, no. You know, look at the widow's mite. Right. Uh, if you make ten cents, you give a penny. That's right. You know, it doesn't matter. If you make a million dollars, you give ten percent of that, which would be $100,000. My point is, right. is, God doesn't need our money. Right. He owns all the silver and the gold and all the cattle. But what he's looking for, he's looking to see if we will be obedient and trust obedient. him. Because that's right. That's what right. it really boils down to is we say, well, God, I don't know that I trust your word that uh, if I give 10% to you, Father God, that uh, you'll help me live on the other 90%. I mean, really, it comes down to an issue of, number one, trust. We don't trust the Lord, that he will take care of us and keep his word, right. that he'll pour out a blessing that we cannot contain, pressed down and shaken, right. overflowing. Right. Uh, or, number two, it's a spirit of greed. Right. Okay, uh, or, or, or fear, or fear, or fear, or it can be a spirit fear? of fear. Then I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something, folks. The King James Authorized Version instills faith in your spirit. Amen. And tithing is a faith work. If you're broke and in debt when you get saved, you're going to find out that tithing is a real faith work. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word. If you're hearing the word of God, you'll have faith to tithe. If you're reading an NIV or NRSV, or whatever, or ASV, or whatever, you will not have the faith to tithe. But if you're listening to truth and reading truth, you'll have the faith to attempt it. And the Lord will do it. And I can tell you, He has a way of bringing that, the, the, the blessing back to you. He's had a million years to prepare oh, yeah. for your tithing the day you got saved and the week you're going to start tithing, he's got a million years to prepare a way to send you money. And I'm telling you, he can do it and he will do it. Now, you don't, pay, you don't pay tithes to get back. You pay tithes because it's the Lord's money. He says so. It's, it's my tithe. And give it to me and I will bless you. Well, what's the word say? Wherein have ye robbed me, saith yeah, the Lord? tithes and offerings. Now, folks, there's a second part to the promise. If we're obedient, okay, and you give to the Lord, he will rebuke the devourer. Of your sakes. Now, Satan goes around like a roaring lion to to kill, steal, and destroy. He would like to steal all of our finances. Right. Okay, and he tries to do that. But when you actually obey the word of the Lord, God must keep his word. And he says he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's right. And uh, if we don't pay, believe me, it'll still... <laughs> he'll take it out. He'll he won't get it. it, but he'll take it out, and you won't... The 90, the 10, the 100%... You're trying to spend on yourself, you're going to find out it doesn't work. And he's going to find a way to try to gently chastise you because the kingdom of God has to be financed some way. And God, it says, unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God is how he can possibly bless the tithe when I'm broke. How can he bless my tithe when I'm so broke I can barely give it, but I can give it. And he's going to bless me? He surely can. If there's anything in the Bible that is staunch and he is trustworthy the tithing god can bless you on the tithe if god lied brother al then this whole universe would just rip apart that's right right it would implode folks it cannot happen god is not a man that he shouldn't lie he watches right. over his word and perform it 
Sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, I and I agree. And so where do you send it? You send it where you get fed. Send it to a King James uh, yeah. preaching church. Right. Um, give to and the right. poor, the widows, the orphans. Bless Israel. And write him a letter. Uh, yeah, Bruce uh, uh, Shannon, write him a letter and say, hey, do you believe the King James Bible is the word of God? Yes. And wait for the reply. I sent that one big preacher $100 right to his office, and I said, what's the word of God? He cashed my check, but he never wrote me back. <laughs> so, well, I didn't send him any more money. And I found a guy that used a King James Bible. And... uh so and and using and using Greek and Hebrew, if that preacher's using Greek and Hebrew and, and ain't in the King James Bible, he is a charlatan and don't send him any money. You are held accountable for where you send your tithe. After you heard this program tonight, you are going to be held accountable for where you send that tithe. The Lord is my witness. If you send it to a ministry that's going to take it and right. uh, use it to pay for a ten thousand dollar night hotel room, oh. or to fuel their third Learjet. Right. Okay, you planted seed on bad soil. Don't look for a return from that. You know, right. um, and I want to say well, back to the King James Bible for a moment. A lot of people say, well, Brother Al, I just don't understand it. Well, let me uh, share a little bit of an insight that I have uh, gleaned. Right. Number one, this is a supernatural book. It is the Word of God. Amen. And I would recommend that, and I do this for myself, before you sit down to read, pray. Yeah. And ask God. Yeah, send the Holy Spirit to help you, to help you, to open your eyes, right? To uh, to give you understanding of the word that you're reading because it is a supernatural book, and uh, also what you want to do is you want to you know bind the any foul spirits that would uh, cause you to get drowsy, right? Uh, because uh, Satan does try to attack people, and we hear a lot of people say, "Brother Al, well, I try to sleep, read, but every time I do, I just fall asleep." Well, I tell you what you do: you get up on your, you get up, you get up. And walk around a room and read. You walk up, well, that walk works. around a room and read while you're walking around a room, and that you won't go to sleep. You won't go to sleep. You'll you'll stay wide awake. Read it out loud. Read it so you can see it, hear it, and say it at the same time. My people commit scripture to memory. For very soon the word shall be taken away. Amen. You better get it memorized because once it's in your spirit, they can't take it away from you. And even if you don't understand all that you're reading, put it into your brain, right? Because the Holy Spirit will quicken the word to you. When you need it, and it's a spiritual weapon, it's a sword of the Spirit, right? and uh, you can use it. And when you speak the Word of God, it goes forth. It does. It affects changes. Now, someone has said, well, where do I start reading? Uh, Well, you know, uh, we had a a lady on the program, Brother Al. Her name was Jeannie McKeever. Mm -hmm. And uh, she came on, and uh, she she sent me a little copy of this thing called the Victory Bible Reading Plan. I'm actually holding it. It's a really cool little booklet. Uh, you can get it from our website. I think it costs like two bucks, but here's the gist of it. That little reading plan, and in one year, you can read through the whole word. But basically, you uh, you take you start off in Matthew. You read uh, one chapter a day. You read one chapter from the book of Psalms, and then you start over in Genesis, and you read uh, one to two chapters a day. So you're getting a Psalm, you're getting Genesis, and you're getting the New Testament. Right. And it's kind of cool, you know? I've been doing this, and... Um, <clears throat> It's pretty amazing. Well, I would recommend right up the bat, if you're a new Christian, you jump into St. John and you read St. John, and you read it and that read it and too. read it. Get in the Gospels <laughs> and read the Gospels and Acts and read through many, many, several times in about a month. Read them through out loud and then go back and take a book here and there. Because Genesis, there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that won't, it doesn't save you. The New Testament is what saves you and saves your sisters and your, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. And uh, you 
get get some of that the Jesus talk, the things that the Lord did. Watch what this right. Savior did for us. And you can go back there, and as, as Shannon says, uh, pick up one back there. But you need to get grow. You need to get in the gospel and watch what Jesus did in the in the gospel, the acts of the Holy Ghost that happened in, in Acts chapter. 1 through 27, I think it is, the whole thing. But anyhow, get in there and read, and start reading like this fellow said in this letter. He's trying to learn more and more. And you can learn it, and it'll talk to you. You wake up in the morning at 3, and you better get up and pray. Up in the morning, at, get up. Lord, get me out of bed to pray. And you get out of that bed, and you guys are on that sofa, and you start praying, and then you flip the light on when you're through praying, and flip your Bible open and see where it opens, and watch for something to pop out. It will come out of the page at you. Oh, but what, brother, I just don't understand. I I just can't hear the Lord. He doesn't talk to me anymore. I would well, say to the person, uh, "Do you talk to him anymore?" Right. You got it. Yeah. He said to Peter, "Peter, can you not watch with me one hour? You got twenty four hours in the day. Now, let's say you sleep eight hours. Okay. God that leaves you what? That leaves you what? Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen hours. Well, we can't spend five minutes with the Lord, brother. Al. Yeah, that's right. And and a uh, sixteen hours a day would be an hour and six minutes or something. An hour point. No, 1.6 hours. No, you can tie it easier on your money than you can on your time. But the Lord would like you to spend a little time with him. And if you don't talk to him, how in the world are you going to expect him to talk to you? You know, it's, it's work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, I found out when I had to confront my pastor about this perverted Bible he was using and this perverted doctrine we were preaching that let six guys go out and blow up, or two guys went out and blew up six abortion clinics. That ain't the gospel of Christ. I can tell you that right now. And so the Lord woke me up one morning at 1 o'clock. What am I doing awake? Oh, man, i got to see the pastor on Saturday. I better start praying. I got up and prayed. Woke up the next morning at 1 o'clock. Next morning at 2 o'clock. Get out of bed, son. Preach. Read. Read and pray. And by the time Friday came, I was well-versed in what I had to talk to the pastor about. I had had, con- I had, had confirmations all week long that I was right. And it was a spectacular revelation. And I walked in there and saw it in my, in my presentation. And... Uh, I showed him the truth, and uh, he didn't listen. Ended up me leaving the church. But the least, I got out of bed, and I've been getting up every day since night since the left, the sixth or seventh day of January of 1986. I've been awakened every day to pray, to get out of bed and pray. Shake well, off the slumber. Get out. You got to get out and do it. Yeah. If we didn't feed ourselves every day, right? What would happen? We would get emaciated pretty fast. <laughs> uh, we would look like skin and bones. That's you know, right. we have a spirit man, people. And if we don't get the word of God, which is the, the food for our spirit man, pretty soon you're going to look like an Ethiopian victim. That's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, get the word of God in you. If uh, if you've got a busy day, then get it on CD, put it in your car as right. you're going to work. Play it over your mind. Uh, right. The key is to, to get it into you because the, the word of God is, uh, it will feed you. That's God's actual words talking to you. Uh, it talked to me the other day, Brother Al. I was uh, praying. And mm-hmm. I said, God, I need a word. Do you have something for me today? Give me a boost, Lord. Give me a boost. I let the King James Bible fall open. Now, this is the first time it's went to Zephaniah. Right. Uh-oh. And I, I opened up to Zephaniah, and I put my finger down, and God spoke to me. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Amen. 
And that's what, you know, we were in a, I was a pastor over in Germany and for the Church of God. I was a licensed fellowship leader. And the brother I told kept telling him, I said, look, the Holy, we've got a man here who can speak, uh, give an interpreter, give a message in tongues. We need an interpreter. It's not me. And I prayed. And sure enough, the message came about a week or two later. No message was given. I waited and waited and waited. And then nothing happened. So next day, Tom called me. How? It was Sergeant Beaker. I said, what? He called me up and said he got the message. Ah, so I called up, Jerry, did you get the message? Well, yeah, um, I only got one sentence. I said, that's right, because you didn't speak the sentence. You choked it off. What'd you get? My children, gather yourselves together, for the worst is yet to come. And I'm remembering that all these years, and now I know what he's talking about. The worst is yet to come. We had, that's been from 72 until now, is that, what's that, 38 years? Is that 38 years? Wow. 38 years ago, that thing was given, that that message was given, and now we see the terrible hand coming down upon the land, upon this land, and upon us as Christians and upon these Jewish folks. And so the Lord will speak to you, and He'll speak to you out of that book. He will speak. Now, why won't He speak to me out of the NIV? Forever, Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. If the Bible you're reading matches exactly what's settled in heaven, it'll talk to you. Well, I know the King James will talk to me. I've had it talk to me a hundred times. So I know that it matches what's settled in heaven. But I have never had anybody tell me that they ever got up at one o'clock in the morning and prayed and looked in that Bible and ever got a word out of it. Smith Wigglesworth raised 23 men from the dead between 1855 and 1950. 23 members, that's a number for death. 23 pairs of chromosomes. And he said, I don't watch the newspaper he didn't have radio back in 1910. Later on, he had radio. He said, I don't listen to the radio. I didn't have, he didn't have a TV. No internet. He says, I read this King James Bible. I read the Bible. The only Bible he had back in those days was the authorized version. And that's the only Bible we had until 1950, before the RSV came out. Everybody had the same Bible, including the kids in the school. When we read the Pledge of Allegiance, we gave the, gave the Pledge of Allegiance. And we had the Lord's Prayer every day when I was in school. When I was in school, we said the Lord's Prayer over the PA system, and all the kids bowed their heads and repeated wow. the Lord's Prayer. Praise you, God. You can't even mention Jesus in school now. They'll put you out. Brother, they'll put you out, yet they'll have days celebrating uh, Islam. Yeah. Um, yeah. i give you another example. Uh, I, I was praying one day, Brother Al, and I said, God, I need a word. I'm in a really bad situation in a relationship. Hmm. And I said, God, do you have a word for me? So I took my King James Bible out. I prayed, and uh, it fell open. And I looked on the page, and either I'll look, and it'll be the first verse I come to, or God will put it somewhere on the page. Right. But it'll at least be on the page when he's spoken to me. I got Galatians 5.1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Mm-hmm. I had gotten out of a bad situation, and I was wanting to go back into it. And the Lord spoke to me, and I said, Well, God, that's not really what I want to hear. Yeah. Maybe that was just my vain imagination. And so I closed the, the Word of God. I let it open up again. It fell open, this time to Second Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. 6, verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Darkness, that's right. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Now, if that's not a parallel verse, I don't know what it is. And so... God will confirm his word. That's right. He will. He can give it to you twice. Uh, one time, Brother Al, I was in a situation. Uh, I had to go before a judge, 
And I said, God, um, am I going to have victory tomorrow? And I prayed. I let the, the word of God fall open, and it fell open to Job. It says, I will go before thee and be thy defense, and you shall have plenty of silver. Amen. Very next day, I, I went uh, to the court, and I, I had, was victorious. Amen. I uh, went home and checked my email, and I had an email from a brother. And it uh, he opened the email up, and it just had that same scripture verse. <laughs> I hadn't even talked to him. God right. confirms it. That's how the Lord does it. He'll confirm it either uh, to you directly. He'll give it to you through a brother or sister. Right. Uh, he can also um, give you dreams and visions. That's right. And uh, sometimes we need a uh, we need an answer from the Lord, and then it's time to fleece. Talk right. about fleecing, brother Al. Well, you know, you can do it several ways. Gideon, and I've got a letter I want to read here from Bob for us over. Okay, so absolutely. Oh, you Gideon, know what time it is? Yeah, it's nine after eleven. Nine, eleven after nine. God have mercy. I keep seeing that number, brother Al. Nine <laughs> eleven. There it is. Whoa, there it is. Whoa. Something's coming, folks. We're coming back to the nine eleven in a minute. Go ahead, brother. Well, <laughs> this is uh, uh, now. I lost my train of thought, but anyhow, let me tell you something. Uh, what we're we talking, talking about, about fleecing, but uh, you know, nine eleven, yeah, brother Al. Yeah, Gideon went out. Jesus Gideon God. went out, and if he was supposed to go conquer, he said, "Lord, I'll put a fleece out there, and I want to be wet in the morning and the ground dry." And it was next morning. It was wet. He wrung it out. Next morning, he says, "Okay, Lord, now don't be upset with me, but I want to put it out there, and I want it to be dry and the ground wet." And it was. Now you don't have to go. To, you don't have to go to all that trouble. Okay. You don't have to. You can say, Lord, I want you, like when I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, tell you what, Lord, this is one of the best ways. I said, you know, I'm going to this new church, and the pastor is a little older than me, and I can play first base better than he can, and I'm going out there tomorrow at 630. And if you don't wake me at exactly whatever time, and I put it, I said it quietly in my spirit, I said 2 o'clock. I'm going to be on that ball field at 630. I sure enough am. Now, I didn't say, okay, Lord. If you don't want me to play ball, wake me at 2, two, two o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. I said, if you don't wake me at 2 o'clock, I'm going to be out there on that ball field. Well, I was, uh, let's see, how old was I? I was uh, 47 then, and I was still pretty good shape. In fact, I was shagging flies with my grandkids <laughs> a couple years ago at 60 year, 68 years old. But um, at that, I went to sleep, and exactly 2 o'clock, boom, or something, shook the house or something. Woke me up. I looked at my watch, digital watch. Get a digital watch. Two o'clock. Wow. I haven't played any ball on a team since. I played a little catch with my grandkids. But the Lord can do that. He can fleece it. Uh, but you I'll know another it. little secret. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Al will attest to this. If you get awoken and it's 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. You better get up and start praying, boy. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if he wakes you at 3.01. Because 301 divided by 7 comes out to 43, and 4 plus 3 is 7. Uh-oh. And uh, that's, a, that's a 3 o'clock. But if you, get a, if you get woke, you look at that digital clock, and it says 3 o'clock. The Lord has awakened you, and he wants to show you something. And Why 3? Because I believe um, it's just it's so quiet then, you know. Well, most it's a number for divinity. Have... It's number yeah. for the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Really? That's yeah, right. divinity, yeah. yeah. Well, think about that. Okay. That's true. That's right. Let me read this letter. Go for it. This is from my brother Bob. Thank you, Al, for the info. Archived? Why? Has the Father not been stating over and over again that this present administration is following in in lockstep with the way Hitler and the Nazis slowly took power from the people of Germany after World War I? Why do you think this little individual has suddenly seemed to 
he's talking about himself, go dark and quiet. This report is pre- precisely correct. And uh, I had sent a... The article I'd sent was... <clears throat> this retired Admiral Bob Scarborough of Arlington, Virginia, Vice Admiral, that's a three-star. I wanted to give you all some disturbing information on our wonderful president. I work with the Catch a Dream Foundation, which provides herding and hunting and fishing trips to children with life-threatening illnesses. This past weekend, we had our annual banquet or fundraiser event in, in Starkville. Now, I don't know where that's at, what state, but... As part of our program, we had scheduled Sergeant First Class Greg Stubbe to come. He's a highly decorated Green Beret, inspirational speaker who was severely injured while deployed overseas and didn't have much of a chance for survival. He stationed at Port Bragg and received permission from his commanding officer to speak to our function. Everything was on tap to go until Obama made a policy that no U.S. servicemen can speak at any faith-based events anymore. Now, somebody turned this turned this incident in. I'm, I'll tell you what. Somebody somebody called up there and said, hey, they got a guy coming. You do something about it. So these these reprobates came out and said, you can't have any servicemen speak at any faith-based public events anymore. Wow. Needless to say, the sergeant had to cancel his speaking event with us. Don't know if anyone else was aware of the policy. Wonder what kind of news we all will receive next. You're just starting to see the abomination. Is our religion on the list next? I don't know about you, but that makes me furious. This is how the Nazis did it in 1930, slowly, one step at a time. If you don't see the similarities, you are truly blind. This should be forwarded to everyone regardless of party affiliation, and I did. And so Bob is referring to this to this, uh, to this, email from this admiral, and I had said in there, uh, so, you know, I suggest how you pray for Obama. Somebody had ought to do something before it's too late. May the Lord's will be done. And here it says, let his days be few and let another take his office. Psalm 109.8. I say this because Nancy Pelosi may have figured out a way to, for her to take his office, as surmised my friend Chuck. I told you about that. We know that she is trying to be minority leader in January if we get there. Well, that's an evil woman, all right. Now, here's what the rest of Bob's letter said. Right, she's definitely definitely not in our camp, okay? You take Pelosi with uh, Harry Reid, and you take uh, Barney Frank, and oh, you've got goodness. a motley crew up there. Dear Lord, help us, Jesus. God have okay. mercy. He said, this report that I just sent in was correct. Watch the next 90 to 100 days. If people think they have quote, seen and heard it all by now, unquote, well, hold on tight to life and living as we have known the aforementioned life and living till now. Why? We the people have only just begun to witness the dismantling of the United States of America, the Constitution, and the disinformation mechanisms have only just begun to misinform and lie to we the people. Once again, and is repeated for emphasis, this present administration from the top down will not go quietly. And once again, repeated for emphasis, as the Father has shown, get ready, prepare now. If a person does not prepare immediately, it will be too late. This includes food, water, fuel, deep winter clothing, and the layered process, use the layer process, air reliable shortwave radio, redundant planning, three layers deep, all medical, dental, optical items, issues prepped for, and travel planning, three, layer, three layers deep. Al, the next 100 days are becoming increasingly critical. For those who think, yeah, right, sure, well, go to the biblical teaching parable about the wise and the foolish virgins. If folks do not get it, quote, get it after taking a few moments to simply read those few verses, then perhaps they never will get it. 
Simply stated, for those who go unprepared, do not think you can come weeping and howling and pleading and begging for provisions prudently laid in store for the coming nightmares. Why? Succinctly stated, there will not be enough to go around, that is, to take care of one's own family and those who went unprepared. Now, you guys know what happened to the foolish virgins out there. They didn't get any oil or lamp, and the door got shut, and they're stuck outside in the dark. Okay? Amen. That's a, God, that, that's a paraphrase by Al Kuppa, but that's exactly how it read. Okay. The results, the history of the siege of Stalingrad, shows how quickly good and honest people can come go from very high moral standards to thieving, killing, and some even reverse to cannibalism just to survive one more day. I think this is an outrage which could not possibly happen within the 21st century. Well, once again, go back to the biblical history and read what God's own people did when they were laid siege to. One thing is for certain. When it starts, it will be too late to prepare. That's right. From the farms to the grocery stores, the flow of fresh food and dry goods will be virtually non-existent. At that point in time, the administration will make their move. Evidently, martial law will have to be put into effect. Think this is too far-fetched? Then ask the question. Why are the camps in preparation to receive those who will be placed there? Along with this evolution of events, America's southern border will be openly breached by civilians, military, drug cartels, and warring gangs. What has not been reported nor seen shown to this point in the media or by the but I'm sorry. What has not been reported nor seen or shown to this point in time by the media will overwhelm the media and virtually destroy whatever credibility that now remains for said for this for the media. At that point the American people will turn on them with a vengeance and asking why? Why did you not tell and report the truth? It will be too late, not only for the media, but unfortunately for some some will not survive the American people's wrath. Would to God that the aforementioned with regard to media personnel were not true. Unless God the Father intervenes before spring of 2011, the unthinkable from within and without our beloved America will forever change the mindset, actions, and reactions that will tear our precious country asunder. America does not need to repeat the events of the mid-1800s. And he's talking about that civil war. Remember, Civil War is definitely coming, Brother right. Al. It is, it is, it is. To this right. country, and Dmitry Dudelman saw it when uh, the government is busy dealing with the internal riot. The Russian Spetsnaz troops are going to sabotage our nuclear power plants. And he said, they the know exactly where they're at. He said, the communists will rise up. Well, let me tell you something, folks. Red Dawn style. The, the communists are not necessarily white Anglo-Saxon or white Caucasians. Okay, that's your idea of a communist, because that's how it was portrayed for the past 50 years. The communist is a person who gets everything for free and lives like a, lives in a ghetto, but he gets his goodies, right? He gets just enough to maybe play the lottery and buy a pack of cigarettes and little food, and he wants his goodies from the government. Well, when he can't get his goodies from the government anymore, he's going to go after it wherever he can get it. And not necessarily is it going to be a Caucasian white guy. It could be any minority group or any group which has been used to getting everything for free or any minority people, whether they be white, black, brown, or yellow. makes no difference. Now, <clears throat> remember, Al, what the Father showed is recorded in that 21-page document that back in uh, 07, the Lord gave Bob a 21-page revelation. And I typed it up. Overlay it as a transparency upon today's events and take a fresh look. The Father knew the question is, will we pay heed to what he has already shown, or will we as a people walk blindly into an uncertain future? Respectfully, Brother Bob. So that's the thing he said, 
Uh, you know, I believe the Lord has been speaking, Brother Allen. What the word, does the Word say? It says, God speaks once, twice, three times, yet man comprehendeth it not. Right. You know, God has been speaking to people. He's been telling the, the land to repent, to get their houses in order. I believe that preparation, as much as you can, is a good thing. You know, uh, if Joseph had not put back corn, I just read this the other day. Seven years, yeah. For seven years, and obeyed the Lord through the dream, okay, then what would have happened is they would have all starved. And the, and messianic, the, line, and, yeah, and the messianic line would have been cut. Brother, it was over the whole land. That's right, and Jesus' lineage would have been cut and died in the desert. Jacob and, and the, the father and the 11 brothers of Joseph, right. they were all starving over there. And they came down, and, and the Lord set them up, yeah. And how did they get the, the corn? Well, they, they came up there to buy it with gold and silver. Right. And ultimately, they, they sold it in the land until the money ran out, then they sold the cattle. When that ran out, then they sold themselves into slavery. Yeah. But, I mean, it was upon the whole land. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust. So uh, I believe you do what you can do, and then having done all you stand, and if you run out of supplies, okay, or you didn't have anything to begin with, trust God and God will provide if you're walking right. according to Him in, in obedience. Right. It says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. That's right. I was once so, young and now old and never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread, and that's a promise. There's some people out there, brother, that uh, are just hanging on. I, uh, I didn't eat anything all day, and I went over for a late uh, meal over at the Waffle House. It stays open 24 hours a day. Right, right. And I was sitting there, and it was just totally empty. And the lady, uh, that was the waitress, she comes up to me and says, you know, a lot of people don't really realize um, it's feast or famine sometimes as a waitress. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, well, you know, they don't even pay us minimum wage. Oh, they pay God. us a server rate. Right. And then, of course, we get to keep the tips. Tips, right. She says, do you know I worked uh, a seven-hour shift yesterday, and all I made was $20? Oh, man. Okay, she made less than $3 an hour. Yeah. She says, um, you know, it's tough. And she says, what happens is uh, we lost my, we lost our mobile home we were living in. Oh. Uh, me and my husband and my uh, two kids were living over at the Salvation Army. And uh, they were going to kick me out unless I got a job. Well, I got, I got a job basically right at the deadline, and they'd given us a little bit more time. And she said, it's rough. Yeah, and you know we got reports like that from all over. We got people that have been a uh, that are losing their homes, right? Uh, living with relatives, folks. It's going to get really bad. I mean, if you looked at the gold and silver today, we've got a all-time record gold. I'm looking at it, fourteen hundred seven dollars an ounce. Hmm. Silver, twenty-seven dollars and eighty-five cents an ounce. Hmm. I mean, it's literally doubled. Yeah, um, I bought a silver dollar some years ago for thir- thirteen bucks, and now look. Brother, and then I read that uh, Obama is spending $200 million a day on his trip. Oh, he's got an entourage, 34 warships. He's got 40 planes. No, I think the warships is, is not that many at all. But, uh, but Well, but when, when they say warships, there was one aircraft carrier. The others are designated. I don't know how big they are. but I'd say at least, the, but there's probably a task force sitting off there right off Bombay. Oh, yeah, 40 probably, planes, could, three could choppers. Be, could be 15 ships. Eight limos, and he also has a one-kilometer hardened tunnel which yeah. they set up that allows them to get access right into the buildings, air-conditioned with security cameras. Hmm. And then he rented out 800 rooms in the Taj Mahal. Dear Jesus. Now, $200 million a day. Why am I even bringing this statistic up? Okay, folks, $200 million a day. You know how many homeless Americans you could feed? Yeah. You know how many hungry you could feed right now? And that's just the, the nonsense that's going on right there. 
they're not concerned about fixing the problems for Americans. No, they're, they're there is no contingency about, plans. They want to destroy the country, brother. They want to destroy the country. They were hired to destroy the country. That's what they're doing. And that's their plans. And let me tell you something. It's going to get so bad that uh, many people will be getting into food lines and being offered refuge in camp tent cities. Let me tell you something about going into a camp. You never want to go into the, a camp. I don't know anybody that's ever went in and had a good story to tell. In Nazi Germany, hmm. they said, jump on this train and we're going to take you down to where you can get some work. You can work and eat, right? Yeah, they they, they worked they worked them for about uh, <laughs> one hour, and they put them right in those demousing right. chambers and killed them at Auschwitz. Right. They sent the people into the Superdome during Katrina, offered them refuge, and they were fighting to get out of there. Yeah, that was that that was mayhem in that place. And what did what would happen? They wouldn't even let you get out if you wanted to. They would shoot you if you tried to escape. There's people that we still don't know where they're at. That's right. That's right. There were reports they were taken up north. And people would come up to the fence and look from the outside in. I'm trying to tell you, you don't want to be relying on the government during no. hard times because they have a plan That's to right. offer you one way in, no way out, to the camp cities. Right. And their ultimate goal is to uh, destroy this nation. That's right. It's been the ultimate goal since, since Ronald Reagan got out of office. Merge us <laughs> into one of the biosphere regions along with Canada and Mexico. Okay, bankrupt this nation, and then ultimately house-to-house search and seizure to take away your firearms. That's right. And uh, it's going to get really bad. We don't have any uh, hope outside of Jesus Christ, folks. That's right. Amen, brother. I mean, you and and brother, folks, you folks had better be tithing out there because if you've tithed faithfully, the Lord is laid up in store watching your faithfulness, and He's able to move in and, and bless you. But if you haven't tithed, you're going to do a lot of repenting before you get any food. Look out. Well, it's, now, uh, let me read something, Bruce. Let me read one more thing here, Brother Shannon. Absolutely, brother. Uh, I called Bob the other day, and he was sounding kind of quiet. He didn't say much. I said, something wrong with this guy. So I called him up. I said, was something wrong? He says, well, I'll tell you about it. Well, he wrote me, 31st of October. You inquired the other day, basically asking if something was amiss. Reasoning? Reason. Owing to the recent phone conversations, yes. However, know that it was absolutely nothing to do with you, Al. Nothing at all. As it pertains to my, our beloved America, I simply have, quote, withdrawn into my own spirit and soul, mind, and intellect, unquote, grieving for my precious country. Should even the smallest point of the overall input from the Father come to pass, America as we know it today, on the 31st of October, 2010, will no longer exist. When people will not pay attention, much less listen for a moment in time as to what will be needed in or for the next six to nine months, in their own residence, it becomes increasingly evident a deaf ear has evolved. Hence, when what is coming does arrive, does arrive, those who have prepared will have a living period. Know this. If no is the answer, wait, hold a second. Hold a second. No, no, no. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold, 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 hold on here a second. Uh, those who are prepared will have a choice. That is, share what has been stored or say no to those who shall be in a very real need of even the basics of and for life and living. Know this. If no is the answer, that is no to those people who come bumming, is the answer very hostile and violent reactions responses will be initiated against the no. The aforementioned will become very, very chaotic and very deadly and very quickly. That's right. The laws of the land, that is federal, state, and local, will cease to be viable. Should what has been stated occur in winter... Hell and earth will not come even close 
to what will become an everyday existence, just trying to survive one more day. Is something amiss? You can bet the farm on it. Perhaps, perhaps one day I will open up and share with you. Right now, at times, it is hard to breathe in beneath the weight of what the Father has shown me. Blessings to you, my brother. Folks, those of you who live between North Carolina and Maine and as far west as Ohio, at the edge of Ohio, the eastern edge of Ohio, and uh, part of mid, 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 mid part of Pennsylvania is part of Pennsylvania. <clears throat> we were clobbered last year. We had 57 inches of snow here. It was a record. The record before was 54 inches. My cousin had 200 inches in two days up in Garrett County, Maryland. My goodness. And it snowed one day before. It's, the year before, it snowed 50 inches, and they thought that was a lot. But in about three days' time, they had 200 inches of snow. Buildings were collapsing. I went down and shoveled off my mom's house and my house, the garage and three little buildings, shoveled them off. It's 70 years old, okay? I shoveled them off. I got it done by the Lord's grace. There was 27 inches of snow on the roofs of my buildings. I had no choice. So, folks, the storm pattern has already started. We had a northeaster go up three or four days ago. A nor'easter went up there and dumped all that water. Yeah. And that same storm gave, uh, we just know, not that same one. We had a, a trough come down in North Carolina. Asheville had six inches of snow, they said, down there. Five to six inches of snow that was predicted. So we're looking... We, folks, it could conceivably happen between now and March. We could have so much snow that it would lock down the whole eastern seaboard. Northeast, nor'easters are are terrible, terrible storms. Oh yeah, and they're huge. They're even bigger than hurricanes. They're they're bigger. They're they're ten times the size of a hurricane. And hurricanes, of course, don't come in winter. But the storms that come in off of El Nino across the Pacific, and shaped like a, a an apostrophe. The apostrophe ends in Texas, goes up around through Minnesota, over and down through Maine, and all the way back down to Georgia. And in the middle of that slop is snow or rain, inches upon inches upon inches. And I'm telling you, if there's anything the Lord God works on things, he can, can, he can run the weather. Now, I'm not so sure there's not some weather control going on, but uh, the Lord is in charge of the weather in the final analysis. He's in charge. But we could be so inundated with snow that i tell you what, it was so bad in Garrett County, they had V-plows being pushed by one, two graders pushing a V-plow, a four-wheel drive, pushing through. The snow was piled 13 feet deep on the sides of the roads up there. They couldn't blow the snow any further. The blower wouldn't blow it any higher. It was blowing the snow up against They had to stop using blowers. They had to go through with these big road graders with V-plows and make one lane, one, one uh, nine-foot or... Ten, one nine-foot slot, one-way road. That's what they were doing. Really? And, I have, and that's, it was so bad. And you still can't happen now. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And eight months ago, Bob warned to to get food and winter clothing. He told us, I got it on a, on a hard drive. And then Janet Napolitano told a personal friend of hers, a longtime friend of hers, a while back, a few weeks ago, a week or two ago, get Enough food for six months, and well, why, why, why? I can't tell you, but you better do what I tell you. Well, you know, they know uh, something. They're planning something, and I bet you the Lord's planning something too. Or unless she knows about weather control, and they're going to dump snow on us. Let me speak to the people out there that would say, you know, you don't need to prepare 
Uh, God will take care of everything. Let me tell you, folks, God gave you a brain. That's right. Amen. Okay? That's what I say. And he expects us to use it. God helps those that help themselves. If God has put you in a position, okay, where you can do a little bit extra, okay, then you should do that. You should do what you can. Get back a little bit extra because there are going to be people that uh, don't have any means to do anything, and they're going to come to you and you share with them. When your food runs out, you believe God, and God can bring manna down from heaven. That's right. But I'm going to talk about that, too. To not take any action at all really means you don't believe the warnings are real, or you say, well, I'm not really worried about it. I'll, I'll get out um, and go down to the supermarket, <laughs> you know, once they announce it on TV. And we, we know what happens during those times. Yeah. Parking lot's uh, full. Parking lot's full. Everything yeah. is uh, wiped off the shelves. Okay. And I'm talking about durable goods, people. I'm talking about things that uh, will not spoil or do not need refrigeration necessarily. Right. right. I'm talking about um, rice. I'm talking about beans. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about canned tuna. You, know, right. you can buy some of this stuff still relatively cheap. You can store it in five-gallon buckets. I know Brother Al can tell you how to how to prepare that, and uh, it may not be a steak dinner, but uh, you'll survive. Yeah. I mean, uh, in some times, all they had was corn. Yeah. I mean, that's probably all they were eating every day was cornbread. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, they lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've lived at times, Brother Al, on um, the ramen noodle diet at four for a dollar. Yeah. Well, they I don't, don't, think, I don't think they're in. I think they raised the price now, though. You know, I lived like that six months one time, that bottle yeah. of water. It was, yeah. I, I got in great shape real fast, too. Uh, but my my point is, is you do something, and uh, and that that is actually using faith because you believe what the word says. And you know, let me say something else. It says that a man that does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. That's right. So if you're a man of God right now, and you've got a means to take a little bit and put back some things for hard times, so that your family can eat, and some others that are less fortunate that'll knock on your door can eat too. Well, then you know. You've been obedient to the scripture there. And like Brother Al said, there were five virgins that were not foolish. Okay, they had their uh, their oil. The others were sent in to buy it. And right. this time, when you try to go buy it, I'm talking about food, uh, there may not be anything to get. That's right. And so, uh, listen, some people right now, Brother Al, don't have a, two dimes to rub together. Right. Um, so I want to speak to that, too. I was talking to the people that can do something but don't believe the warning that we're talking about. There are those that right now that need a job. And, you know, God can provide a job for you. Uh, Brother Al, when you had a burden to do some preparation, uh, you had no money whatsoever to do it with. What did you well, do? Well, I had, I, got I had gotten retired, and I had all my bills paid off. And I, I had you know, plenty. I had, I had enough to get by on, no problem. That's because I tired all those years. But I was praying that... Three o'clock in the morning, and I heard the Lord say, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. What? What's that? I heard it. Next morning, I got to pray again at three o'clock. Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Oh. Next morning, the third day, three times at three o'clock in the morning, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I said, this was in 93, folks. I said, Lord, I, I don't have any money. I know we should be getting some stuff. Well, I went down to my mom's, went up to my mom's house. She lived at that point in time, let's see. Oh, no, no, at that point in time, she was still living up in Maryland. And I said, so I walk in the house, and she says, hey, don't you think we ought to be preparing? The Lord said we ought to be preparing for something. I said, uh-oh, yeah. So she said, hand me a wad of money. I tell you what, Mom, I got the list. Let's go shopping. 
So away we went. Twenty thousand dollars. Wow. I ain't kidding you. She had twenty grand. That's all gone now, of course, but I prepared. And I bought non electric tools and they were made in the United States. But now non electric tools, everything's made. Electric tools everywhere is made in China. It's worthless. And it junk. breaks usually uh, within a few months. Right, it does. I know everything right. I bought from Best Buy uh, is usually just broken on I me. Mean, I should have bought gotta, the. You've got to uh, save the box and the receipt. <laughs> you save the box and the receipt. The replacement. When it busts, you take it back and turn it in. Anyhow. I well, amen to that. Uh, and I want to say that uh, the government is prepared. They believe the warning people. Oh, they But they haven't hangar. prepared for you and I. The hangars prepared it off it were full of. They've moved the planes out on the tarmac, and the hangars were full of, of food a year ago. You know, I remember in 2005 uh, when I was looking for some long-term storage foods. I'm talking freeze-dried, which is kind of the Cadillac of uh, food rations. Yep, right. You know, canned goods people will last you typically long, it, it'll two last, to five it, years. It, it'll last. Yeah, it, it'll last a long time. It's been at least two years. Just watch for the bulging. Well, you uh, just you don't want to. I tell you what, I'll give you some advice on that, folks. Don't buy tomato-based stuff. Tomato-based stuff like spaghetti or tomato sauce or soup. You got to eat that within within two years. And the next thing that goes through the can will be vitamin C. It'll be pineapple or uh, it'll be uh, um, peaches and 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 uh, what's the mixed fruit called? Uh, anyhow, that'll 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 swell up. But uh, if you buy meat and you buy beans, man, they'll keep a long time. And I tell you what, I've got 98 beans that I canned. 98 in glass. In glass, yeah, they're still good. They're in glass That's jars. They don't have a metal thing to rot through. If the metal thing rots through, you know, it's going to go bad. But Oh, it's amazing. You know, uh, honey right. will last forever. Oh, yeah, and if it gets hard, you can just heat it up and mix water with it, and it'll, you know, it'll yeah. If you get some weevils in the rice and meat, eat those, too. They're high in protein. <laughs> well, you can, you can avoid that if you take the bag of rice and put it in the freezer two days, okay. freeze it for two whole days at a cold temperature, freeze it down in the deep freeze, and then you get yourself a garbage can, a big um, Rubbermaid, and you put a industrial garbage bag in there. You put yes. that rice down in a bag, and then put a lid on the top of it, and seal it, and, and close the close the bag off, the plastic bag, with a tight tight fit. That way, no more no wheels can get in there. I've proven this. Boy, weevils can cause you grief and trouble. And weevils can get in oatmeal, grain, rice, barley, cereal, even. They can. They'll even get into uh, uh, macaroni, spaghetti noodles. They'll get into the, into the noodles things. Brother Shannon was talking about the uh, the ramen noodles. They can get in there. They got some of these wheels that'll bore through a whole bore through paper. So, Brother, one time I got the idea I was going to put back some corn like uh, Joseph did. Yeah, but it's got to be frozen. <laughs> so I literally bought some twenty uh, five pound bags of corn and it's just they, put they it away, it right? Corn. And uh, it's pretty hard. You'll need a grinder to grind it up in the mill to make. Oh, that or soak it. You soak it overnight in, the, right? in, in water, and it'll be chewable in the morning. But you got to have good teeth. But my my point was is uh, I I bought a couple of these, and uh, I didn't do what Brother Al said, and I just set it there, and it stayed down there for a few months in the basement. About a year. And I went time down, and I started hearing something. Yeah. I said I hear something moving. And you'll and see I little, over little little moths flying around. <laughs> Man, I put my ear up next to that bag, and that bag was moving. You could hear them eating it in there. They were eating it. Yeah, somebody was getting it. But uh, you can avoid that uh, yep. by doing what Brother Al said. But listen, the government has been storing food. So back in 2005, I talked to the largest freeze dry seller in America, Brother Al, and he told me that uh, 
for a period there, we couldn't get freeze-dried foods because the government was buying it all, putting it underground. Right. I believe and, it. I, and I'm talking high-quality protein, people. They'll buy these rations like Alpine, Mountaineer, and things like that, LERP rations. And, you know, they'll last 20 years. LERP is long-range patrol, okay? So Very lightweight, dehydrated. You know, you you put to, you add water to it. Uh, it's freeze-dried and uh, some of the stuff. And, um, you know, then they've got other stuff that's been sealed in uh, in metal with special machines. One yeah. guy told me, Brother Al, they had rations that they uh, were still selling that were, like, prepared in the 70s. Yeah, MREs will stay cool at least 20 years. And they were opening them up, and it still had about 95 97% of the food content. Yeah, that's, that's right. amazing. Now, just because it's tough to taste a little flat, it's still got something in it, you know. Well, you know, they, they've taken, actually, woolly mammoths that, that, you know, died thousands of years ago. They've dug up over there in Siberia, and then they would cut steaks off of them, and they said they taste great. <laughs> and they're still frozen out. So maybe, let me, let me tell you, I, I, I talked to this preparing. preacher on this vein. I said to this preacher, I said, you better, you know, preacher, this has come, oh, well, I don't worry about it. My, the Lord will take care of it. Oh, yeah, will he? Okay, well, uh, okay, all right, uh, no doubt. No doubt, brother, the Lord can take care of it. If you've got the right Bible, quote, between, out of my side of my mouth, if you get the right Bible and write hymn book. Now, I said, preacher, yeah, the Lord will take care of it. If your people can pray down manna from heaven, then the Lord will take care of it. Well, they can pray down manna from heaven. I said, what? They can? I said, your people won't even pray for a headache, much less they pray down manna from heaven. I said, you tell me your people are going to be able to pray down manna from heaven? I said, you make me laugh, preacher. You're a charlatan, and if you don't get right with God, and you don't warn your people what I just told you, you're going to be the sorriest guy around. Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us, preacher? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, they're coming on Saturday night, or if you go to if that's the Seventh Day Adventist Church, they're coming on Friday night, and they're coming, and they're going to grab the preacher, the preacher and his wife, and haul them off. And on the next morning, church day morning, whatever day you go to church, you're going to come in. The people, where's the pastor? My goodness, where's the pastor? And you're going to see some black buses pull in and some black trucks pull in, and circle the church and say, "Get in the truck." You get in the truck. If you're going to take you to the pastor, if you've got your pastor, you're going to the pastor. Let's go. Get in the truck. And they're going to put you in a truck and haul you off. That's what is going to happen, folks. This is the Fourth Reich. And uh, I have done it. Well, you don't sound very loving. I'm going to tell you something. Nathan loved David. And Nathan was a prophet. And he knew the Lord told him, get in there and tell David about having adultery and killing off the woman's husband named Uriah, Bathsheba. And Nathan, I bet Nathan was probably shaking in his boots because he knew David had a sword, man. And David cut a lot of heads off, man. And he walked into David and said, Hey, uh, somebody took this guy's little sheep. David said, I'll get that guy. Well, I'm paraphrasing, okay? And Nathan said, Thou art the man. Thou art the man. And Nathan loved David enough to tell him. And Brother Shannon and I love you enough to tell you what's going on. And one lady said on the on the one tape that uh, David's Motion Pictures uh, produced, yeah, well, there wasn't much tape love in that tape. Well, I am versus New World Order. I was in a room 12 foot square, and there were three sinners in there. The director was a sinner. He wasn't saved. The guy doing the filming was a Muslim from Iran. And the guy holding, holding the microphone above my head, he wasn't saved either. So I had three unsaved people in there, and I'm trying to get this thing out. And they took off my glasses. I couldn't hardly see. I had to jack. I had to jack up my. I, I had to jack up my 
my syllabus five or six inches so I could read it. That's all changed now because the Lord provided for better cataracts for surgery. But anyhow, and the, and so then they 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 wouldn't wear glasses. And then my bald head was shining. They rubbed this brown stuff on my bald head, brother Shannon, <laughs> so it wouldn't glisten. <laughs> and if you look at that, then you can see that brown stuff on top of my head. And so I said, "You tell that sister if there's no love in it." Well, you tell her if she'd have as many choppers over my house and as many black choppers and white planes swooping over at 100 feet. I've had it. There's so many I can't count them all, folks. It's gone on continually since 1995, for 1994. Now, they've given up here for – they've, they've given up the low flights. They don't have to fly low anymore because they've got fifth-generation sensing equipment riding up in these planes. They go over 1,000 or 2,000 feet. They can see what they used to see at 100 feet. That's right. They've got, they've got better transmitters, better uh, reflectors. They've got better uh, amplifiers in their equipment. And they sent that magnetometer, radar, Ground infrared. radar, infrared. infrared. Right, infrared and, and radar and magnetometer. They make three sweeps at one time. And so they can sweep over and see what you got. And so you're going to have to be praying because they pretty much know what all the activists have. They've already checked it out. They've already checked the stuff out. And so you need to be praying that the Lord will give you insight, like move, like the lady said, in her, like the sister said in the letter. When the Lord says, "Bug out now." It means bug out now. Now, when Jesus spoke to the, was speaking on about Matthew twenty-four and Luke twenty-one, he says, "If you're in the field, don't go back to the house." Why not? Well, here it comes. You ain't got time to go back to the house. That chopper's coming. You can hear him coming for about a minute ahead of time, or two minutes, maybe maybe two minutes ahead of time if you're fortunate. And you ain't got time to run back to the house. If you're on the housetop, don't run down in the house to get something. You, you bail off off the top and get out of there. And it's not saying that uh, you don't leave with provisions. What it's saying is you should have already been prepared. That's right. Because when the time to act comes, the time to prepare is over with. Let me put it another way, Brother Al. Some people say that, you know, what we're talking about, you know, we're not showing love. Or maybe the tone of my voice is a little bit right. uh, condescending. Let me put it like this. If you knew that uh, a bridge had been washed out, on a main thoroughfare, right? And your friend uh, went to work every day, and maybe He's coming they, down the road, they hadn't received the the arm. What would you do? Would you not call them and warn them to tell them to stay off that road? No, but that man, that bridge has always been in. That bridge ain't gone. You're just kidding me. Yeah, that's what they say. So you know, if you love just... them, you will tell people the truth because you know that you can save their lives, right? Or you don't want to offend them, and so you say, "Look, you know what? I'm just not get involved in it." And then they died that day. Yeah. You know, what Brother Al and I are talking about has been gleaned from decades. In the case of Brother Al, he has been on the front lines, getting the, the news behind the news, shouting from the rooftops about yeah. the time that we're in now. Well, I, I've, I've been doing the Bible issue for 26 years. 26 years I've been, let's see, 20, from, from 86 on, what's that? That's 24 years. 24 years, and I've been pushing the thing about the New World Order, and they're coming for us. Since 1994, and I've been doing this and doing this and doing this, and I get some good reports. Sometimes, praise God, Al, your your video saved my husband. Your video saved saved my son. They got saved and born again. I'm so happy. Well, sister, just praise the Lord for Davis Motion Pictures and for the Prophecy Club because they're the ones who who produced it, and they're the ones who let me do the talking. And the man that you're listening to now is the guy who did these three, who, who who personally paid for these three videos, and I give them all away. I give them away. I just send them out. 
What do you make a dime off of them, brother? All we did is gave them away, my friend. We just gave them away, and I found out. You know, I went up. To, I went up. I went up there to Canada, and I don't go for money, but it, it helps. And I, when I do get a, 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 a what they call a, an honorarium, I do report on my taxes. I went to Canada, and the guy said, "Hey, Al, what are we going to charge for these videos?" I said, "Yeah, I don't give them away. I give them away." Oh no, no, you got to charge something. Oh, I don't know. How about twenty bucks, thirty Canadian dollars a piece? All right. Well, they charged thirty Canadian dollars, and I had about. I then I had some money in my pocket. We had some money, and we went down to another place called Red Deer Lakes, and somebody had rented the room, and they hadn't paid for it. And the lady walks up and says, "You got to pay for this room." I said, "Okay." So I gave him. I walked out of Canada with ten dollars to the good. Not that I didn't, for, I didn't go for money, but it, it helps to to pay for your gas to the airport. You know, it, uh, somebody bought me the ticket. It helps. It helps to, uh, to 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 get the videos and take them. Well, I went out to Texas. They wait one for now. I don't want nothing for them. Just give them away. Give those things away. And I came back, and the man handed me five hundred dollars. I said, "Praise the Lord! Five hundred five is grace and goodness." So ever since ever since then, I've been giving the stuff away. I never I never did charge anyhow, just a donation. But I said, here, put it, if you want to put something in a can, go ahead. If you don't have something, you know. But if you don't have anything, I, 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 you should probably just take one. You know, let somebody else get one. You know. So I found out that the Lord will handle the thing. He does better. He does better. And uh, and I, when I had the books out there, Jerry had paid with the books from Israel, and I split the profits with him over there, you know, when it, when I was giving away the books. Whatever came from the church or church. By the way, folks, I was kicked out of my church on the 26th day of January of 1986. Called outside the camp. You can look at, you can read the whole thing in Hebrews eleven thirteen. And uh, I had been in 115 places at that time, I think. And never had I ever been in an established church with a name on the door and a sign on the door. And Brother Smith invited me up to Manhattan. And I'm looking at my watch. It said 26 January. I said, Brother Smith, it's been 19 years to the very day that I was kicked out of my church. And this is the first church I have ever spoken in out of 115 places. This is the, you're the first pastor who ever invited me to his church out of 115 speaking engagements. And, uh, it was a black brother from Jamaica, and the next Praise church God. I spoke in, the next church I spoke in was out in Des Moines. No, it was in Omaha, and it was another dear black brother, and uh, he let me come into this church. Uh, my friends out there found this little church, yes. and he, him and his wife came the first night, and then the next night he brought all the people. Next two nights, all the people came from the church. Praise God. <laughs> well, he had he got stopped by the black uniform guys on the interstate, oh. him and his wife, and. Uh, the story about that's another story, but uh, they also fried his garage door opener so it wouldn't work. They fried that twice <laughs> with a chopper. My goodness. Flew over and electromagnetic pulse. They fried his door opener, and he had to get a new door opener on his garage. Sounds <laughs> like an EMP uh, Yeah, with EMP, electromagnetic pulse, yeah. So oh. these guys are here, folks. We're not, we're not, uh, but we're not imparting fear to you. If you'll no. get an authorized version Bible and start reading... Don't get a Schofield. Don't get a Nelson King James. Schofield and Nelson. Keep away from them. Find you a Cambridge or a, or a World or a Riverside. And uh, there's one called Hendrickson. You can get it for $2 up at uh, Christian Book Distributors. Hendrickson King James is a little blue thing. Uh, 
paperback, you can get them for $1.67 for 20 copies for $1.67. But uh, get you that Bible and throw that other trash out. Throw out your stupid Greek and Hebrew junk. Get it out of your house and start praying. And start, that's what I did in 1986. Now, I had 25 years to prepare. You don't have 25 years. I'm no, suspecting, the time is short. I'm suspecting we ain't got very long. Because if this snow hits, if this, if we suffer like last, I don't, Brother Shannon, I'm praying, dear Jesus, please, don't let it happen to us like last year. Because, you, you know, a 70-year-old guy don't like out being out, in the, out in, the, in the snow 25 inches deep up above his knees. That's pretty tough, you know. I had to go get my, my son's sled. When he was 10 years old, I found his sled up in the top. And I got a bungee strap, and I dr- dragged it over to the wood pile, and I stacked 10 or 15, 10 or 12 stacks of slick sticks of wood and ripped it in a bungee strap, and I dragged it through the snow up underneath the garage, the carport or the, the, the overhang, and I, that way I, that's how I got the wood in. I couldn't carry it two sticks at a time. It was so strenuous to try to carry two sticks at a time or two or three sticks at a time in that deep snow. If it's deeper than that, folks, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stack it on a porch about eight feet deep. So I got plenty of plenty of wood. That's what I can do because I got plenty of wood. And that's what the Brother Bob was saying, cold weather gear and food. And something's going to happen, folks. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I, I have no doubt that's why I've been seeing 911 every time I look at these clocks, Brother Al. Mm. I believe uh, God is uh, warning. I mean, I was awoken about two weeks ago. Uh, 3 a.m. in the morning, I got open, uh, got the King James Bible, dropped it open, it filled up in Isaiah 13, talked about how for, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Oh, yeah. I uh, I then hit play on my uh, computer where I have the, the Bible on CD and uh, put over to Isaiah, and it didn't start at Isaiah 1, it jumped to Isaiah 13 automatically. Ooh, ooh, so ooh. God was confirming, he was speaking. He confirmed it. He confirmed it. Brother, I fell asleep and I awoke to Jeremiah 50 and 51. Uh-oh. Which is, uh, you want to know where America yeah. is, folks. Babylon, yeah. It's in Jeremiah 50 51, Revelation 18, Isaiah. Right. And so uh, I know something's afoot. And then this recent word in Zephaniah, it's basically saying, seek the, seek the Lord with all your heart. That's that right. He may be able to be hit in the day of the Lord's anger. God's angry right now, people. That's right. That's right. He is. He's upset with his country. He's. He's. The judgment has already been sent, and he's sending more. And D.C. is going to get flooded one day. I thought it was going to happen last year, but the the snow melted, ran into the mines up in Western Maryland and Pennsylvania, and they the storm that last that last storm on the 13th of March it swung over swung out over Ohio instead of the Potomac watershed. And we didn't get this horrendous flood that was I know is going to happen one day, but it didn't happen on the 13th of March last year, this year. But it it could happen this year, because Brother oh. Bob said, Amen. 11 will be anything but heaven, and 12 is going to be hell come down. So look out. Oh, that's not good. And and I'm not uh, saying people that uh, you can prepare for every contingency. No, I tried to do it one time of my own might. Brother Al, thinking I could prepare for everything the New World Order could throw our ways. Yeah, I, I got If I, I got had that. a little bit more time, I would have bought a missile silo at the rate I was going. And, folks, that was a, <laughs> not of the Lord. Yeah. The, the point I'm making is uh, you've got to have balance. Right. First, seek the Lord and all these other things that you need to be added unto you. Yeah. Get into the Word of God every day. Get a King James Bible. Right. Uh, start reading it. And you better, be, your tithe. Spirit, you better be tithe. You better be telling you, paying your tithes, too. Pay your tithes and offerings. <laughs> And then what you want to do is, as God opens the door, put back a little provision right. for yourself and some people that are going to come knocking at your door. 
and uh, if you have no provision whatsoever to put back, seek the Lord. He can open the door. That's right. And if you haven't, if you if you've done everything you can, everything you could possibly do according to the guidance we've given you, if it runs out, then say, Lord, I did the best I could based on what I knew, and I'm sorry if I didn't do right. Now you've got to help me. At that point, He will help you, brother. That's all that He expects any of us to do. Do the best we can. That's right. Amen. I mean, there, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, just report terrible reports coming in all across the country. People are just being devastated. Yeah, and it's I not going to get any, it's not going to get any better, my friends. Here's the here's the truth of it: the same televangelists that you're supporting out there, yeah. that you're hoping to tell you the truth, which are not telling you what they're we're not talking telling. About that's right. Don't trust them, folks. Don't trust them. I'm going to warn you. Don't trust these guys. Don't trust them. They're going to be the same people that are going to flip flop. Okay, because I believe many of them are government agents. And turn your turn your turn the list of names over. Turn the list of names over to the government, or, or and to they're the going to order, tell you order, to order. get on the buses that are parked outside the churches, right? Okay, because they've been compromised, they sold themselves out, and they didn't tell you the truth. Now they're not going to tell you the truth later on, right? They're just going to switch, and now they're going to be a mouthpiece for the new world order, right? So uh, you know you, you got to get out of that and get into the Word of God and let the Lord talk to you because He will, He will, He will, folks. You, but you got to get up and pray and, and wait for Him to talk to you. God doesn't have the same um, end plan for everybody. No, that's right. Some people he's telling to move from where they're at. Others he's telling to stay. Yep. Uh, others uh, know that uh, they're in target zones. Okay. Right. Yet God has told them that uh, they're going to walk through the fire. You yep. know, if you get if you're you're with the Lord, you can be put into the fiery furnace and come out unscathed. That's right. The 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 the, the bonds on your hands won't even be burnt. So, I mean, we don't need to fear man. We just need to fear the Lord. But uh, we we, de- we we don't want to be in a situation where he has been trying to give us an instruction and we could not hear it. And then we go into captivity because we didn't listen. We missed the warning of the Lord. Didn't listen. Yeah. Brother Al, speak to something um, that many people are asking. How can I get baptized with the Holy Spirit? What's your advice on that? Well, Years ago, they'd bring you up front of a Pentecostal church, and they'd get you to the altar and try to make you talk in tongues. They'd try to beat upon you and all that and push on you. Come on, come on, come on, you know. Uh, You need to read in Acts and Romans and Corinthians. Read the whole book of Acts and watch what it says in there. And know and believe. If you don't believe, you're not going to get baptized. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Read the Word in Acts Jesus talks about it in the Gospels. I'll send you another comforter, and he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And you want the fire. There's fire comes with it sometimes. And so you start praying. And say, okay, and if nothing happens, if you don't hear this thing coming up out of, your, out, of your, out of your solar plexus, coming up in your throat, say, Lord, why am I not getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why? Show me why. Show me if I'm, something's being, if I'm not doing something right. Show me. Don't just start hollering, baptize me, baptize me, Lord. No, if nothing happens after a while, you say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Show me what I'm doing wrong or show me what I must do if I haven't done right. And he'll show you. Okay, so that's what you do. And start praying and just pray. Uh, Pray and seek the Lord's face every day. Just pray about it and keep reading the Bible and keep reading it. He's not going to give you a stone if you ask for bread. Okay. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a scorpion. He's going to give you good things. And he's promised it, and it's very important to be able to hear the Lord's voice 
And even more important, the Lord can use you to speak to somebody and give them guidance after you get baptized and have the gifts of the Spirit operating in your spirit. Amen. So just be praying, and and you've got to ask the Lord, what, you do, what am I doing wrong, or what am I not doing, or what must I get rid of, what must I do? Because once you believe it's for real, and don't believe our Baptist brothers and sisters, because they don't believe in it, and they come close to blaspheming the Holy Spirit when they get on the Holy Ghost. Be careful. You don't go talk. If you, it's like it's like if you can't say nothing good about the Jews, then don't say nothing. That's right. If you can't if you can't say anything good about if you don't believe if you don't believe if you can't believe about the Holy Ghost, then just shut your mouth and do your trick, do your thing, and but don't go bad mouthing the Holy Ghost or the gospel of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it is for real and it's Amen. for real today and it's going to be life and death. For you to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's all I can say. Amen. And uh, a few moments ago, I put up a link in the uh, the chat room. We've got a live chat room, Brother Al. Yeah. Uh, people over there typing uh, okay. back and forth. And also, you can send questions for Brother Al that way if you like. Also, the phone line is open up, 917-889-2745. I have to make sure I look up there see if anybody's calling in. If you'd like to talk to Brother Al, we've got a few more minutes. We can take your call. Uh, I put up a link, Brother Al, to a company called Uline. The letter U L I N E dot com, and what Uline is, somebody asked me about that, is uh, they sell these fifty-five gallon food grade drums. They're plastic drums, right? And what you can do, folks, is you can take one of those, you can fill it up with water, and um, fill it up to the brim, add a little bit of uh, Corox bleach, just a little bit, one drop per one drop per gallon is all you need. Okay, there you go. There's the ratio. One drop of unscented Sodium hypochlorite, which is just Sodium hypochlorite. Okay, you don't want that bleach. Stuff. Right. Fill it up to the brim, okay, so there's no uh, layer of oxygen in there. Drop the drops in there and seal the thing up, and you know keep it in a cool place. And I would recommend if you buy one of those drums, they're about seventy dollars. Last time I checked, uh, you also want to get one of the dollies that has wheels because remember Little wheels, yeah. Water weighs eight pounds a gallon. Right. So that's when right. that thing's filled up, that's four hundred and forty gallons. And what 400. you can do. 440 pounds, right? Uh, excuse me, exactly, 440 pounds. Right. Now, remember this. Uh, how many of us drink the, the right amount of water we need to every day anyway? We don't. Most of us don't drink a gallon of water a day. But if it was just you and you needed drinking water, that thing would keep you alive for, for two months. They say, right. though, the average person needs four gallons a day. That would be a, no, no, a that, gallon that, of... No, that, that's, in, that, that's if you're... That's a, no, not, no, in an um, ideal situation, I'm talking... You, you can uh, get out in the desert and drink five liters a day, five full liters, and you can get by. Uh, and you can get... Later on, you can get by with three liters a day, and then you, if you just wanted to exist, you can get by on less. But when you first start off, you've you got to have more. Uh, I've been out in the desert, and I've been warned by the commander what I, how much I'm supposed to drink. Oh, and, and brother, brother Al knows, so I defer to him. And I, I was talking about to have something to drink, a little bit of light sanitation... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you're going to have to have four gallons a day. Yeah, you are going to have to have. If you're thinking about washing clothes and washing your face and everything, but, okay, I'm just referring to drinking. If you right. want to flush the toilet, you know, things like that. Now, right. I tell you, I lived in uh, Costa Rica where there was no water after 10 a.m., <laughs> and I tell you, I learned real fast to fill up the garbage cans, <laughs> fill yeah. Tupperware containers, and, uh, you know what, you take for granted that you can go in and just wash your hands with soap and water. What happens when there's no water to rinse that soap off? Yeah, you get a Rubbermaid, uh, Rubbermaid trash can, you can put it under your downspout on all four corners of your house. Oh. You can have four times four. You can have 160 gallons of water out there in one big downpour very quickly. Put the lid on it, and you got it. 
Man, that's smart. You know, and uh, a lot of people who have died, Brother Al, uh, they took for granted the preparations, and they maybe died just a few hours or a few days before the help came. Right. So every little bit that you can do now, folks, can give you a little bit more of lifeblood. Uh, I, I will tell you that. So, you know, water, you know, you, you can't go more than about three days without water. That's right. Um, not, no, not not in any kind of exertion or any any kind of uh, any kind of heat or anything like that. They say what three minutes without air and like uh, thirty days without food. Yep, and, and and about three days without three days or four without water. That's right. So I mean, you, water number one, you got to have some uh, warm clothing, um, and uh, also if you got a little bit of extra money, you can get these little portable Katadyne water filters or something like a big Berkey. Right. You can literally take the water out of a, a stream and pour right in there, and it'll filter it. No, you got to watch, folks. you got to have clear water. Uh, if you take water out of a stream, you want to filter it through a cloth or rag or something to yes. get any Giardia cysts out of it. But you can then, but then you can Clorox. Clear water, you can put Clorox drop in it usually. And uh, them poor people down in Haiti, they haven't taught any sanitation. And they haven't got a first idea. They, they're into witchcraft up to their ears, unfortunately. That's right. Uh, they, they sold or sell souls to the devil in 1803, and they've paid the price ever since. Oh, absolutely. They never broke the curse, Brother Al. Nope, they never broke the curse, and now these poor people are suffering, and the gospel is so weak now. We've got perverted Bibles, we can't even bring the gospel truth to them. God have mercy. We've got a phone call here. Let's take... Okay, uh, Roger, go ahead. The call here for Brother Al. Okay, 704 area code. You're on the air with Brother Al. Hello? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, uh, you know, I was baptized in... in in a Baptist church, right? Uh, we baptizing earlier, baptism earlier, and uh, I was baptized in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. That's okay. And yeah. When I came out of that water, my whole life changed. I Praise mean, I, God! I yeah. Wonderful. Now, I've had some brothers in the Pentecostal movement that I don't, you know, I don't shun anybody as long as they have Christ as their Lord. I, I, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. They tell me that you know that you have to have this baptism of uh, in Jesus' name. So. Uh, that's that's not true, brother. Uh, when Peter was preaching that sermon, the first two sermons Peter preached in Acts, he was preaching to Jews, and the Jews did not accept Jesus. They accepted they knew the Holy Ghost and the Father. They knew about that, but Peter says you can be baptized in Jesus' name, you Jews, and. I got saved when I was uh, 29 years old, and I didn't get baptized till the 23rd day of February, and I got I got saved in the 5th day of January. And I was as fully saved between 5 January and, and the 23rd of February as any person was ever saved. But when I was baptized, I went down and came up, and I knew I had done what the Lord said, and I confessed my sins that, that this, folks, I'm now a Christian. I'm being baptized because I'm a Christian now. I'm a believer in Jesus, and I've repented of my sins. And that uh, that that comes from the oneness people in the the Church of Christ of God, Church of Christ in God. They they as long as they stay to themselves, you can be baptized however you want to be baptized. I had yeah, a brother say, "Go ahead." Excuse me. I baptized my own daughter because, and I baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. But it's okay. She got, yeah, you know, I'm telling you, it's been profound. This little girl's 10, going on 11. And, you know, I, I, I try to teach her things, you know, raise her in the admonition and the fear of the Lord. That's number one. If we right. have Amen. Children, we have Amen. Children. And, but at the same time, I, 
you know, I started listening because I read the Bible and it talked about whose baptism did you receive? And they said, well, we received John's baptism. You know, so I, I, I think hey, they got a little confused, but let me just go back just a step further. I want to just say a few more things if you got a minute. I know you guys got a lot you know, other people, but uh, let me just say, I, I backslid years back, and then I, I you know, I, I came, I, well, it, it happened right around when George Bush and all them guys took over everything, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not a Democrat or Republican, I'm a conservative, I'm a Christian. Right. And, uh, they, uh, I started looking between the lines, and some people were warning me about this stuff, you know, these, these things, and I'm not going to get into conspiracy stuff, but anyway, I just started, do some digging, Glenn, do some digging, See, I touched it, and uh, it came up the fact that you know we've been deceived, like uh, many of our brothers believe we have, not by, not by, um, it's, it's it's really by the devil. This is all demonic, yeah. and uh, and we have to to wake up and smell the roses and, and understand that you know these are the times. And um, I did that, and it's been now it's been a good six, seven years of walking, you know, a different light, and it's been all perfect for me. Not perfect, but you know, in a better, better way. And, uh, Absolutely. Long to live for the Lord. Long to read the Word, and uh, I love it. And I'm, I'm actually giving out the message to people. Right. People I never would have thought of. I would have been too embarrassed in the past. And I feel like that's a movement of the Spirit of God. And, right. But these people told me you need to come up to our church. They were good friends of mine, and uh, be baptized again. And they, in Jesus' name. Said, yeah, I said so. Sure, I'll go ahead and. And I'm just wondering, I, I didn't hurt myself. Cause I, no, I you didn't do nothing. You didn't hurt yourself. I had that happen to me in Hawaii. I said, look, preacher, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> My great uncle was a Pentecostal preacher. He preached for uh, 50 years, and he baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And our whole family is saved, and they went to heaven that way. And if you want to get baptized in Jesus' name, that's fine, too. But don't let these people come into your church and start this, divis- this divisive, divisive thing uh, the first thing they'll do, got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Well, praise God. Go ahead and get baptized in Jesus' name. Now, when I baptize people, I baptize them just like this. I now, based on your confession uh, of faith in Jesus Christ, which is based on the Word of God, which is forever settled in heaven, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and yes. the Holy Ghost. And I end that controversy right there. I just use the Lord's name after the Son, and that's it's done, and there's nothing they can say. That's how I do they it. They tried to tell me that, I, you know, we would uh, tell them that, you know, there are people on the deathbed that my friends of mine, we, they, some of them were dying. And, right. And uh, would tell my friends, okay, here's what you need to do. Go down there and tell them the gospel now. Right. Because, they, you know, they won't let you in now. They, they only let the New Agers come in the church. Right, the right, that's right, yeah. So uh, I said, you go on and tell them the gospel and all that and try to convince them. And, and one guy, the Pentecostal guy, no, 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 they got to be baptized or they don't go to heaven. I said, no. No, 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 that's not true. That's what I said. I'm sorry, my brothers, and I hope that you're okay, but this is done. Because I know people, the man on the cross next to Jesus, he died. He never got, he didn't get to be baptized he, unless it yeah. rained on him like a Methodist, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good I thing to be baptized, but... I love, uh, uh, it's Bruce, the Omega Man, right? Yeah, absolutely. You call me Bruce or Shannon, I answer to both. <laughs> yeah, I, I love you, man, and I love you too, Al. I've been listening to you. Same to you. Thank you, brother. God bless you for y'all. Pray for my. You, you pray for my son. He's got an eye problem. Everybody out there, pray for my son. I really oh, need yes. prayer. Oh yes, we're gonna pray for him before you go. Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? His name's Ron. Yeah. Ron. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Donald. Yeah, Donald. About Ron, be at peace, my brother. Ron and Don, whichever. 
God bless you, brother, for calling in. And we've got a few more minutes remaining. If you would like to talk to Brother Al, the number is 917-889-2745 or toll-free 877-806-2482 is the number tonight. I can tell you, folks, if you get saved and you get baptized in Jesus' name, fine. You will go to heaven. When you when you got saved and confessed your sins at an altar or wherever on in front of your sofa or wherever, and you felt the Holy Spirit come over you and you lost that sin burden, you had your name written in heaven. Especially if you had weeping and tears. If you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you're baptized in water. You have committed. You have done what the Lord Jesus Christ said twice, or at least twice in the in the Holy Scriptures. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, that's fine too. But don't go into somebody's church and try to tell them they're not saved because they didn't get baptized in Jesus' name. Because Absolutely. I can I can tell you that I was not baptized. I told the preacher, I said, Preacher, if you want to take me down and baptize me in Jesus' name, fine. I said, I was the most malicious gossip in this whole company, in this whole unit. And my cursing stopped instantly when I got saved. And the next morning, my cursing was gone it left me, and I was changed, and I never said, I, I never used the Lord's name in vain since that time. And uh, so I know I was saved in S, and I went and got baptized and told everybody, hey, I'm a Christian. I got baptized like Jesus and like Jesus said. But uh, this is a divisive doctrine, and it it's just like uh, this one group, the UPCs, United Pentecostal Church. A dear black brother got saved. He's over in Thailand, and they come down. You got to speak in tongues. You ain't saved. Well, he knew they were crazy because he knew he was saved. He knew he'd been saved. He felt the thing. He felt it. You know when you're saved. And he, these people are crazy. Try to beat on me and make me speak in tongues. He, and so he labeled all Pentecostals a bunch of idiots. That's how bad it was. And that's the thing you do, you PCs. You, you. This dear black brother was a Baptist, and he knew he was saved. But you're trying to tell him he ain't saved. And he knows he's saved. And you try to tell him that. I'm just telling you. Brother, Bible, that's why we've got so many denominations, because everybody's off in these New Age Bible versions. And they also, Okay, people go into the word into the churches, yep. and there's so much confusion. The pastor says, open up your Bibles, and he starts reading, and you've got 50 versions out there. Yep. Satan is diversified, and he has tried to make diversified copies of the Bible and corrupt them. I just put a link up there in the chat room. Go over there and watch Gil Ripplinger's New Age Bible version, then come back and talk to me. Right. I don't want a, a Bible text that has been corrupted by men, has been homogenized, okay, yeah. that, it, that has had the sexual genders taken out so that people would not be offended, that has taken out references to prayer and fasting. And the blood. And the blood of Jesus. I want the true unadulterated word of God. And, and if you can it. speak Hebrew, then go get the Hebrew Old Testament. That's fine. I'm not against that. And go over to Israel and preach to the Jews over there or something. But believe me, God gave us the word. Now, whether or not you decide to read it, that's up to you. Right. But the Word of God has been forever settled in heaven. Amen. The King James Bible is the true Word of God, and get in there and read it. And if there's a right. hundred words that you don't understand, then go over and get a thing called the American Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster. And just look up the old words look them up. in there. <laughs> look up the old words in there. It says OBS for obsolete or ARCH for archaic, and that's the meaning you want. Oh, right. my goodness. Anyhow, you know, I've got to get uh, going, brother. And let me say one other thing before you go. Uh, we want to pray for um, right. your son, Donald. Right. That's right. What's the update right down his eye? It's getting a little better, but he needs to uh, he needs to uh, have some things resolved 
and the Lord showed us, and I tried to tell them, but uh, nobody around here has ever told my family anything good about me, so nobody believe what I say. So now they've come to a rock and a hard place, and the Lord, I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, they won't listen to me. I want you to send an angel to them. Just please send an angel, or go down and tell them, uh, just make make it happen. Just show up down there, the angel of the Lord, like he showed up to Samson's mother, or Samson's mother twice. Send your angel and say, this is it. And just lay out, lay it out, and then the Lord will get it all straight. It's going to be straightened out, that I know. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to go on and do great things for the Lord, you've got to have your whole act together. You've got to have your whole act together. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Once you get saved, you're supposed to do something with it. You're not supposed to have Jesus in your back pocket and just go along down the street with him. i got Jesus in my back pocket. You know, well, some guy's got a, a flask in their back pocket, too, you know. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus is not something you put in your back pocket and go, to, go through the rest of your life. He has to be in front of you, around you, and behind you, and, do, and involved in everything you do for the rest of your life. If you plan to get through, what's going ahead? And Christianity is not a spectator sport. You've got to enter into it, body, soul, and spirit, and you have to do something to the best of your ability, and you diligently seek him because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and seek his will. So, you know. Amen to that. And he's able to protect us in these these perilous times. Amen. That's right. If we'll be obedient, we'll get into the word and we'll seek and put him first. That's right. But, he will. He absolutely loves us beyond anything we can imagine. And it's a long story, but his love is greater than anything, any attribute in the kingdom of God. There's nothing greater than love. And so, Amen to that. And we love he, you, and that's why we're telling you the truth tonight. That's right. They're not. They don't love you on television. Most of these televangelists, all they do is they love you when you send them their money. Yeah, they want they want a hundred dollars in the mail. That's right. But they don't want to tell you to get prepared to buckle down because we've got a rough ride ahead before the Lord returns to pick us up. Yeah. Some of us will be required to lay down our lives. Go over there and read Matthew. Yep. And when right. you see the signs of the times, it also says, and then they shall deliver some of you up to the death. Right to death. That's, That's got to right. come before the Lord returns, folks. Well, I'll tell That's you what, folks, we're going we're gonna to lose. We're going to lose fifty-seven percent of the born-again Christians in this country. The born-again Jesus-loving believers, and we're going to lose eighty-seven percent of the Jews if they don't make Aliyah. That's how bad it's going to get. I told you on the on the eighth day of November. Anyhow, brothers, this Matthew twenty-four go. verse nine, brother. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my for name's my sake. For my name's sake. That's right. And then okay. shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. That's right. They're gonna, they're, the, the, these uh, televangelists are going to betray you, man. They're going to turn you in because you ask them which Bible is the right one. And they get angry when you ask them which Bible is the right one. They get angry. And believe me, they're going to turn people in for, 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 for a morsel of food. Believe me. Folks, nine out of ten people behind the pulpits were never called by God in the first place. They saw it as a means. To a ATM card for them. It's a business. That's right. And so uh, come out from amongst them and be a separate people. Get in the Word of God. And if your pastor's not preaching the Word of God from the King James Bible, go find another church. That's right. And get the hymn book. Get the hymn book. And don't be doing this dumb praise and worship without having been washed by the water of the Word. If you're doing praise and worship and you ain't been preached to, you haven't got your sins forgiven, don't you dare waltz into the throne room of God with sin in your heart trying to praise God. That's trying to appease God, and it does not work. And what, okay. was, what was shown that happens when that happens, Brother Al? David Wilkerson said that the angels see this strange incense coming up and his strange praise with, it, with, with unclean hands, and they cast it back on the earth as judgment. Yeah. 
God, have mercy. God will not accept any kind of praise if you have done something wrong the night before and you haven't got it confessed and the preacher hasn't preached the word of God to you. The Holy Spirit hasn't got you up on your knees at the altar confessing those things and you haven't confessed these little sins. Don't you dare raise your hands and go waltzing around on the church floor and try to waltz into the presence of God with sin in your heart because if it wasn't for the shed blood of Jesus Christ upon the mercy seat, God would smite you dead. That's what happened when the priest tried to go in with sin. That's right. He would be dead and they'd have to drag him out by a rope. I don't don't mean to be mean, but I'm just telling you, that's the mind of God. Don't go waltzing into his throne room with sin in your heart that hasn't been washed by the water of the Word, and the Word is the authorized version of the Bible, period. And you you have had a chance to repent of those sins before you go doing any praise and worship. And that's what's happened in our churches. It's just horrendous. Okay, amen to that. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm asking the believers out there to agree with me right now for Brother Amen. Brother Al's son. Amen. Go ahead. And Donald, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we Hallelujah. want to thank you for Brother Al. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I ask that you would loose ministering spirits to thank strengthen him. I ask that you would loose angels to go out and create favor among men to open up new doors where he can get out there and preach the truth. I'm asking you would bless his finances. Amen. Father God, we ask for a hedge of protection of the Holy Spirit. A wall of fire around him and his family. Amen. Towards with Zechariah 2 and 5, and I ask God that you would loose warrior angels to go and circle him. Amen. And Lord. God, on that day when the, the Muslims are going to make their move, yes, I'm Lord. asking that you would Amen. get him out of there, Father God. Amen. In the Lord. name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For thy glory, Lord, in Jesus' precious and name. And Father God, we lift up uh, Brother Donald right now. Amen, and Lord. We lift him up, God, and we ask for a healing touch on his eyes. Amen. Thank we you, bind Jesus. the spirit of infirmity that's attacking him, command it to loose him right now. Amen. In Jesus' name, we apply Hallelujah. the blood of Jesus to his eyes. Hallelujah. And God, I'm asking that you would use him in a mighty way. Amen. Help him to Amen, wake Lord. up to see the truth of the time we're living Amen. in and use him, God. Open some doors for him. In the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. We pray and we thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Amen. Jesus. Okay, folks, if you want to write me, I'm at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia. I'll do my best to help you. You write me a letter, send me your email address. I can send you a lot of information. I'm only asking that you don't send me a whole lot of press reports and don't send me a lot of personal pictures and send me a whole lot of jokes. I don't read jokes. I ain't got time for it. There ain't time in the kingdom of God for reading jokes, any kind of jokes. And I don't, I mean, I'm talking about just political jokes or whatever. We don't have time for that. Don't waste, I, I, I get too many emails. Uh, to be fooling around with jokes and, and junk. Uh, really, uh, time is critical, you know, and uh, I'm not your mother or your brother or sister, and you can send a joke to them. I, I got, I've got to do what I have to do, and I don't want my inbox trashed up with a whole lot of just riffraff. If you've got things that's happened, like seen foreign police cars or some strange things happen around your town, that'd be fine. But please don't send me AP press reports. That's all lies, uh, which has been conjured up in the pit of hell. Up in New York City, okay? So, now, Brother God L, bless you all. Uh, before you go, give out uh, information on the Freedom Fighters for America, your show over there. Well, what nights are you doing yeah, the program? Uh, you just go to Freedom Fighters for America and Google there, and you'll find it. Uh, I just do the talking, and if you, you'll find it. I'll cup it on air and uh, talk What day you. of the week do you do the program? Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And okay, it, Tuesday. All the programs are up there for the past 60 programs are up there posted on the net. Now, folks, audio, I've got a audio. direct link to that from Omega Man Ready. You click on that, it'll take you right to Al's website, and you can go through all those archives, and uh, you can tune in to him every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Right. Okay. God bless you, Brother Al. Thank you. Have a Shalom. good night. Shalom. Shalom. Bye-bye. That was Brother Al Cuppet, a uh, good friend of mine. Uh, he's a good man of God. Uh, he has been around and seen that and done that, folks.
spent over 30 years working for the U.S. military, all the way from NAM back to the Pentagon. Him and I have went into the Pentagon many times over the years. This is a guy who has been there and done that. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, he's talking about the some of the clown preachers that are getting on uh, the air, like uh, Jesse Duplantis clown, that gets up there and cracks jokes for 45 minutes and says, unless you have a, a suit and a Rolex watch like him, there must be something wrong with you. God must not love you. You must be under a curse. Not to be a multimillionaire like him. Folks, that's a, that's apostasy right out of the pits of hell. That's a, a damnable doctrine right there. God didn't promise everybody to be multimillionaires. When did you hear him preaching the blood of Jesus last time? That's why you need to turn off those channels. Get into the Word. If you can't find a church, then just have a Bible study in your home. And pray and ask God that he will show you where to have some fellowship. But that's what it's coming to. That's why when you go over there and read in Matthew, it says, many shall be offended. They're offended because of the persecution. The persecution that's going to come on the true believer who worships Jesus Christ in these last days before his return. Because persecution is coming. I don't know what the trigger event will be. It may be that uh, there is some kind of uh, contrived chaos that's launched, and they say it was a Christian who did it. Then there's a witch hunt for the Christians. Whatever it may be, there is persecution coming. And when that time comes, the people who have not been warned and have not been told the truth, okay, that we've got to endure till the end. That means we're going to have to experience hardship, persecution for the faith, tribulation, hard times before Jesus Christ comes back. If you've been prepared with the mindset that, hey, things are going to get a little bit rough, okay, before the return of the Lord, then it won't catch you off guard. It will not be a surprise. You will not be offended because you expected it. You knew that it was going to come. Okay, that's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about uh, the offense that is going to happen with many people out there that call themselves a Christian right now, but to them, it's nothing more than just uh, being a member of a club. And they're members of many clubs. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I was having that conversation with somebody over at the Maryland Manson board. There's 800,000 followers of Marilyn Manson. If you go over there and look at his page on uh, Facebook, 800,000. My goodness. And I was talking to some people, and I was praying for Marilyn Manson. And... uh you know, I got attacked by this person that called himself a Christian. Well, what's wrong with I love Marilyn Manson. I love his music. She loved the music of Marilyn Manson that talks about suicide and uh, it has blasphemous lyrics. Yeah, she really probably thought she was a Christian. She's got one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. I'm not even so certain of that. But there are many that, are, that call themselves Christians. But do you see the fruit in their lives? Okay, are they doing something for Christ? We can all do something. And share the gospel is doing something with your neighbor. You know, whoever God puts in your, your path. You know, we can get up and say, God, what would you have me to do for you today? If there's someone you would like me to witness to, put them in my path today. God will arrange circumstances. So you have an opportunity to witness. That's doing something. You know, if God has blessed you financially, feeding some poor. The widows, the orphans. And I want to give an update on that, by the way. 
several weeks ago, I had my mother on the program, and we made a uh, appeal, a plea, to help the street children of Vizag, India. That's one of the missions that we support over here. We also work with um, Messiah's Branch of Wichita, Kansas. We also support Jerry Golden of Israel. Uh, Hand of Help Ministries, Michael Woldea. We support Deliverance Ministries. And uh, I praise God for the opportunity to uh, to be able to tell you about it because it's it's pretty awesome. The the plan over there, what we wanted to do was uh, get Dr. Joshua Boosie to go into uh, the streets there over in Vizag, Vishnakapuknam. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, gather some of these kids, these orphans, okay, that are living on the street. They've got kids that literally ages, you know, two, three, four, five, they've been abandoned, all right? The government doesn't take care of them. It's just a free-for-all out there. And they'll huddle together at night on the side of a building, laying on a cardboard box, uh, relying on each other's body heat, staying alive. And, you know, they'll last so long. They'll survive by digging garbage out. They'll fight with dogs for food. There may be some manure, and they dig, uh, you know, salvage uh, food out of that, mixed in with that. I mean, it's horrible living condition. You want to know what it's like? Go get Slum Dog Millionaire. That really is the truth. They actually took slum uh, kids that lived in the slum over there and put them in the movie. Didn't pay them, most of them. And my point is, it's that horrible. And then a lot of them are uh, taken off the streets by predators, sexual predators. They're sold into slavery. They have their eyes poked out, and they're put on a corner with a little tin cup, and they're taught to sing. And now they have no eyes because they were they were kidnapped. They had their eyes poked out or burnt out with acid. And as long as they sing, they get fed. The minute they stop singing, they're going to die, okay? It was bad enough when they had eyes, but now they have no eyes, and now they're not being fed. That happens, folks, okay? And some of these kids, they disappear pretty fast and never seen from again. Okay, uh, then there's others that, you know, are a little bit more hardy, and they survive. They run around like packs of dogs. I mean, it, it's it's despicable what's going on over there. And then you've got the elderly, you've got the widows. And um, my mother went over there a few times to India. We established a relationship with Dr. Joshua Boosie. He's a true man of God. Uh, he's probably one of the uh, 2% over there, they say, or 4% tops that are Christians in the country. The rest of them are Hindus and Muslims. And what we do is, when I get involved with him, we would raise about $200. And what he would do is he would go over to one of the big hotels. And they go in there where they you know, can prepare the stuff in these big um, stainless steel containers, these big pots. And they, get, uh, they love curry over there, okay? They love spicy food. They get uh, chicken curry, vegetable curry. You know, it's got the spices, chicken, vegetables. They get rice, real clean water. They love eggs. So they get like boiled eggs, um, maybe some fruit. And listen, some of these kids haven't eaten in days. Uh, I mean, it's, it's horrible. And what he would do is we'll get the, the food. They take them out to a, a park, uh, get them under a tree, and he'll go and gather the kids, anybody can find. And re- really, it's usually not a, much of a task to get them to come over because all you've got to do is uh, – have someone over there see that there's someone bringing free food, and it's like someone rang the dinner bell for five miles. I mean, literally, there have been times where there was not enough food to go around, and God would perform uh, miraculous miracles. Literally, they they saw the food miraculously multiplied, like when Jesus fed the 5,000. We got a report of that. And um, 
we're not trusting that uh, they're going to appropriate the money correctly. We know them, okay, very well. I'll just leave it at that. And so what we did is uh, we would get Dr. Boosie. He would go over there. He wouldn't take a dime, by the way. And uh, him and his wife, and usually his daughter, Vinny, they get a couple helpers. They'll gather the people around. Uh, they get a, they concentrate on the kids and the elderly and the widows, and they'll bring, bring them under the tree in the shade. And then what they'll do is uh, they'll do like the Bible says, okay? You don't just preach the Word of God and knowing that people haven't eaten in days and then say, you know, be blessed and go off and you didn't feed their stomachs when you could have. What we do is we preach the Word of God to them, get them to raise their hands up and sing hymns, praise Jesus. And I'm talking in a Hindu-Muslim country, okay? No one's doing this over there, by and large. Uh, we're not talking about just feeding kids. We're talking about feeding them spiritually, okay, bringing them to Christ. And uh, then they get fed food, and, they, you know, they're so thankful. You know, these, these kids, um, I mean, they're just, they would have been thankful for an apple, much less to get a whole plate with a rice, curry, usually uh, curry and vegetables or curry and chicken, depends on how much money we have at the time, and uh, fresh water and uh, hard-boiled egg and some fruit if we can and we try to make it go as far as we can. And what they'll do is uh, they'll feed the people there. And then we get them to take some pictures. And, you know, you, you see the people praising the Lord and sitting there eating. And, hey, listen, you have just blessed uh, the poor. And the Lord says, when you bless the poor, it's as if you have lent to me and I shall repay. That's one of the best investments you can make in these last days. Okay? And you don't necessarily have to send it all the way over to India to do it. I ran into people tonight living at the Salvation Army. Okay, there may be a neighbor uh, who is out of work and has no food. I mean, you can help people right where you're at, too. But um, if you would like to get involved, uh, as many have, um, it's a great opportunity. And so here's what happened. Uh, how do you get money to this organization in India? Well, we sent it Western Union. Well, India changed its laws, and you can only have 12 Western Unions in a year. So um, what happened is Dr. Busi had received more than his 12, and we sent money over there, and it got put on hold. I had to call. I had to have it rerouted, um, and then we turned around and sent it again. So we had a little bit of delay getting up to speed. Now it's going to be like clockwork. So we sent the money. Uh, he should be feeding them today or tomorrow, and I'll have my first pictures back. And then we're going to do another feeding next week. We raised about $800, so that's enough to do uh, a whole month of feeding. And my goal is to... Um, be able to send about $200 a week, and we're going to be able to do a feeding program every single week in Vizag. Okay? That's our first goal. Our second goal is we want to go into the interior where the actual untouchables are. They're the lowest of the lowest, and uh, no one goes in there, by and large. And Dr. Boosie, he came from the untouchable village, and I'm going to have him on when I can. This guy was actually uh, the son of a king. And I'm talking a real king in India. And the, the king, what happened is he gave up his inheritance for Jesus Christ. Because a British man came over and led him to Christ. He came to Jesus, and he was ostracized, and he just gave everything he had away, all his wealth, and came to Christ, and he preached the gospel until he died. And Dr. Busey, uh that's his son. And he's a, a very humble man of God, had no inheritance, but he had this little tiny, other than a little tiny plot of land that him and his brothers were given. And he went back after many years, uh, reclaimed it, and it's right in the middle of the untouchable city. So what we're going to try to do later on is go up the door. 
we want to actually plant an orphanage over there. And we actually have a, a physical location where people can come and we can feed them, uh, where we can get the orphans off the street. So if that be God's will, some great things are going to happen. But I wanted to tell everybody who is uh, sold into this ministry with us, with the Street Kids of Isaac, I will have photos this week, and uh, we're really excited to be able to report back to you. And now we've got the situation worked out where I have an alternative means um, to get the, the food money down there. So uh, all the the hurdle now is over with. So we're excited about that. And, um, you know, that's the best investment you can make in this time. Feed the poor. Help the widows. Help the orphans. Bless Israel. Uh, we also work with Messiah's Branch, Pastor Dan Caitlin. He's in a city of about 600 churches. And do you know there's still homeless people out there because most of the churches can care less if people are sleeping out right now in, the, in, in this cold season, living under a bridge. There are reports of people that are so cold, they literally are frozen, and animals would come out of the, the woods and bite them like rabbits. I mean, I kid you not, this one homeless guy, he's sitting there, he can't move and defend himself from a rabbit. I mean, it's laughable, but it's true. Uh, and then the police would come in and take their sleeping bags and try to run them out. And, and where are they supposed to go? The churches close their doors. They'll come out on a Sunday and see the homeless man or woman there, or family, and they look the other way. That should not be, folks, when we've got a fellowship hall with heat. They should have someone, if they have to appoint, uh, get some people, volunteer workers to, to let people sleep on the on some cots. They're dying outside. They've got no cold weather gear. I praise God every day that I've got a place to lay my head. Uh, we should all do that. We um, There's some out there right now with no place to sleep. Or they've got no food. Or they've got no jacket. Um, God have mercy. So we, we get behind Pastor Dan Caitlin, MessiahsBranch.org, doing a great work. Then Michael Boldea, Hand of Help Ministries. They've got an actual orphanage in Romania, and uh, they're doing such a great job that the government will drop kids off on their steps all the time because they know they're going to be taken care of. And anything you give to uh, Michael Boldea, Hand of Help, goes right to them, just like Messiah's Branch and also the Street Kids of India. Um, I only get behind ministries that I know are going to get the help to the people that need it. I don't send money to Kenneth Copeland or some of these other ministries. They won't even open up their books. You have no idea what got to the person. Most of the time it goes in their own pockets. I'm still waiting to find out what Benny Hinn does with the money. Most of these guys, multi, multi, multi-millionaire. One of them is rumored to be a billionaire. Okay. Just count the number of jets they have. Maybe they have one mission going over there. It should not be going into their pockets. As soon as it comes, it should go right back out to feed the hungry, the widows, the orphans. I also get behind Jerry Golden, thegoldenreport.com, true man of God. He's over in Israel. He's working on an operation right now to save precious Jewish lives during the next Holocaust that's coming. You can go over and get more information on that. Support Jerry Golden. I believe you get a double blessing when you bless Israel because you got Genesis 12:3 that's going to be activated there. You bless Israel, God's got to bless you. You want to curse them? Go for it. God's going to curse you. I don't want any curses. I've lived under curses long enough, and I'm sure you have too. There's another organization called YadEliezer.org, and you can actually give to widows and orphans in Israel. You can give 18 bucks, and it will feed uh, the widows and the orphans over there. Israel's not rich, folks, like you think it is. I've been there twice. 
okay? Small country. I mean, literally five miles you can be into uh, Palestinian territory over there where they, if they caught you, you may not come back. You don't have Jewish people cutting people's heads off, my friends. Okay, my point is, is you, if you bless Israel, and they need your help, just like they did in Paul's time, he would take up collections and take it up to the saints in Jerusalem. They need help up there. You've got to remember, they keep getting kicked off their own land. And we've had bit and parcel with that. All the way back to Bush. Okay, and we talk about OB sometimes. I'm not, I'm not racist. Okay, anybody knows me. They know I've got a multicultural family. We've got Colombians in our family. We've got Mexicans in our family. We've got Vietnamese. We have African American. We've got Indian. My family is like a Heinz 57. We're certainly not racist. As when we talk about OB, I'll fire some shots uh, over to uh, Clinton and Bush, too. Okay? They're all working for the same people, the New World Order. They're all taking their shot, their their orders from the puppet masters. And if you go all the way up the chain of command, the command and control structure, you're going to find Satan at the top. That's who I'm angry at, okay? Because Satan wants to take everything you've ever worked for, okay? He wants to destroy your family, and he wants to leave you so distraught that you put a gun to your head and take your own life, and then you'll spend eternity in hell. And then the demons will laugh at you throughout all eternity. We got you. They'll use any means they can to destroy you and I because they hate our guts. Okay, Satan has no comprehension of what the word love is. He doesn't even love his own people. Okay, he's a terrible taskmaster. And one day, when he's judged, it says all the nations of the earth will look at him and say, is this the man who deceived the nations? You know, he doesn't even have his beauty anymore. He lost all that. Okay? He can... Make himself, he can transform himself into an angel of light, but he's a, he's got a fallen nature now. He used to be the most beautiful thing in the world, but all these demons look pretty contorted if you could see them now. They'll try to fool you every once in a while. Okay, you got to have discernment, but the point is they lost their first estates. Okay, when they got kicked out, now Satan still has access to the throne room. Okay, don't. Kid yourself, he's not running around in hell right now, okay? He no more wants to be there than the man in the moon. It says he is the accuser of the brethren. But there is a time coming soon where he is cast out of heaven, okay, and he will not have access to the throne room to accuse you and I. And when he's cast down to earth, he will know his time is short, and with great wrath and fury, he's going to wage war on the saints, okay? There'll be, there'll be slaughter for a long time until God says, hey, it's enough, you know? And that's what it's talking about. Many will be beheaded. We'll have to wash their, their robes. But remember, if you die that way, you get a martyr's reward. You get a martyr's crown. Not everybody is going to be martyred. Not everybody is going into the camps. Okay? Just as in Zephaniah, you know, even in the fierce day of God's anger, you can be hit. Some are going to endure till the end, to the last trump, see the return of Christ. Now, if we're wrong, and we get out here early, praise God. My grandmother believes there's going to be some fruit gatherings. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if you prepared for the worst, okay, and you get out of here early, that's gravy, as they say. But to the contrary, okay, if you buy this lie that the mainstream church is selling, that it's all roses, 
Okay, and there's no persecution. Which is contrary to the Word of God. Jesus says if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Are you greater than the, the master, the servant? If you look at what happened to all the disciples, every one of them gave their lives, excluding Judas. He took his life. Are we any better? Look at John the Baptist. He lost his head. Most all the prophets uh, died horrible deaths. Be be careful about saying I'm a prophet. If you if you go around saying you know I'm a prophet, uh, do you really want to go out that way? I don't want to be called as a prophet. Heck no. I'm just a watchman. But uh, listen, most of the time the the prophets uh, they they have to pay a terrible price, you know. But so be it. If God has called you, then. You know, be prepared. You might have to give your life. They might have to saw you in half. Okay, maybe you'll be asked to be like uh, Jeremiah and lay naked in the street. You know, bake cakes out of your own manure. Maybe it was Jeremiah. Or was that Ezekiel? Maybe it was Ezekiel. I think it was Ezekiel. Excuse me. Okay, my point here I'm trying to make here is um, they're doing a great disservice, though, to tell people that uh, there is no sacrifice being a follower of Christ. He has called us to pick up our crosses and follow him. Pick up the cross. Where was he going when he was dragging that cross? Okay, He was going to give his life. We've already been bought and paid for. Okay. Now, when we say we're a Christian, does that mean we just you know say the, the prayer and then go back to doing what we want to do? No. We've been bought for a price. If you want eternal life, then you're not your own person anymore. Okay? We're supposed to be bond servants. We're supposed to say, God, now, I appreciate the sacrifice of your son. What can I do for you? It's not about me anymore. And if he asks you and I to lay down our lives, and it's an honor to die for Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you that... Uh, some people will make it till the end. They'll endure. You know, God can put you in a Goshen. Some people say, well, you know, I don't have a two cents to rub together. Well, God will take care of you. He'll take care of me. I've seen better financial times, I'll be honest with you, like many of us. Uh, but I know that God is going to provide. I might not eat a steak dinner. It may just be some ramen noodles. In the old days, we used to eat potted meat. Do you remember that? <laughs> that's just pretty nasty. I mean, you know, you do what you got to do. But my point is, um, God will provide. Okay? Uh, and if if it's taken away from us, then, you know, God can bring down manna. We should never be self-righteous and say, you know, bless God, uh, I don't need to take any action. God's going to take care of me 100%. No, he gave you a brain. He may just make you suffer for a while and go on a 30-day fast. Says the my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He's given us some knowledge of the events, and so that being the case, I just want to say that uh, you know do what you can do, and having done all, stand. And uh, and I think our prayer should be, Father God, what do you want us to do today? What do you want me to do differently than I've been doing? Uh, would you like me to relocate somewhere different geographically? You want me to stay where I'm at? Um, what can I do for you 
with the remaining breath I have in my body. I mean, remember something, people. And the end is coming for us all. Okay, and when we leave this body, it's over with. Whatever we're going to do for the Lord, it's already got to have been done. Because there's no more time to work. And uh, do you just want to get into heaven by the skin of your teeth? Or with the smell of smoke on you? And have no reward? Believe me, there's going to be rewards given out. Do you think someone who has worked their whole life for Christ and has given up everything, like maybe my grandparents, they're living in a trailer right now. Okay, these were true men and women of God that preach an uncompromised gospel, okay, that were very frugal over monies that came into the church, that gave an accounting for every dime that was given to the church. Okay, they didn't lavish it on themselves. And when they retired, the Church of God gave them a very small retirement. I think... uh, they make $600 a month, okay, and they're elderly. They can hardly even take care of their um, medical bills. And basically, get on Medicaid, they said, well, if you want an in-house nurse, uh, you're going to have to sign over anything that you've got of value because when you die, it all goes back to us. I mean, it's horrible. But that's the way they, they treat people these days. My point is, they sacrificed everything. They weren't like Benny Hinn that said, I want to live my best life now. I don't want... I'll wait to get till I get to heaven. I give it to me now. I've heard them with my own ears. You can listen to that on YouTube. Folks, it shouldn't be that way. It says, put up your treasure in heaven. Don't spend it all here now. It says where moth and rust and thief can't corrupt and steal it. My point is, when I know when my grandparents get to heaven, they're going to be like generals in heaven. They gave 50 years to the Lord. I wish I had 50 years. But you know what? They sacrificed they served the Lord, and they didn't look for a financial reward. They didn't get it down here. But I can tell you, God is going to reward them generously in heaven. Okay, you know, it says that we'll be priests and kings and rulers. Did you not know that you'll judge angels? Look, we've got a thousand-year millennial reign to go through, folks, where Jesus could be sitting on the throne over there in Jerusalem. Okay, and everybody would be required to come up and keep the Feast of the Tabernacles. Did you know that? And if you don't, then judgment will be thrown down on you. I'm saying that this earth is not fixing to get destroyed by planet X, and it's all she wrote for the planet Earth. We've got at least a thousand years. And then I believe it says, and I saw new heavens and new earth. So my point is, is uh, what you do down here is going to stipulate what kind of reward when you get to heaven. You know, it's, it's according to what you have. You work with what you've got. God doesn't give us all the same... Um, resources to work with, okay? But if you're maximizing, and I'm maximizing what he's given us to work with, okay, then he'll say, well done, my good faithful servant. You were faithful with little, now let me give you more. And, uh, you know, versus someone says, well, you know, I just want to get in at the 1159, you know, one minute before, and, uh, you know, I want to I want to party, and then I'll, I'll come to Christ. Well, you may not make it to be able to still choose Christ. But even if you did, and you spent this life on yourself and said, you know, it's not about what the Lord wants, it's about what I want to do, then you could get into heaven. You get the same wages of salvation if you make it in, okay? But it doesn't mean you get the same reward. That wouldn't be fair, would it? Yeah, you get into heaven, praise God for that. But, you know, it talks about the least and the greatest in heaven, you know? I think it said, you know, the least in the heaven was 
greater than John the Baptist, who, who hadn't made it to heaven yet. My point is, is yeah, there's rewards coming. I told my own father, I said, Dad, you want to live in a pup tent in heaven on the backside of glory? I mean, we, we better do something while we can. And, you know, it is a blessing to even be able to give because God is going to bless you when you give. So just to be able to give is a blessing because God can't lie. At any rate, if you want to get behind any of these uh, ministries that I recommended, I've got links to them up on the website. Now, you can go directly to all of them with the exception of the Street Kid Project. That's one that we do here in-house. And uh, I will give you a proper accounting of it. Anybody that has... Uh, Donated to that, uh, we're going to be sending you photographs, I hope, within a few days and on a regular basis now. We have enough to do about a month, but I would like to continue it. And uh, if you can't do anything, then pray. My goodness, uh, we always can use prayer. But uh, I want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank, the, thank you, Father God, for the men and women of God out there listening to all the shows that we've been doing, Father. God, there are people out there without jobs right now. I am asking that you would bless them right now with the job that they need to be able to pay their bills. They can tie it to you, Father God. God, there's many that have been devastated. I'm asking you and loose angels to go out and create favor with prospective employers, God. Help them to get the jobs they need. These aren't lazy people, Father God. They've just been devastated. And I want to Father God, lift up the people right now who have lost their homes. We've got reports of people living in RVs, God, or that uh, are living with family members. I am asking that you would open up a door that they can get their own homesteads again or their own apartments. God, make a way, I, I pray. I'm asking for a financial blessing on the people out there that have given to your work, God. Wherever they tithe around the world, Father God, I know that uh, you will keep your word. And you will rebuke the devourer for the sake. Father God, those that have nothing to give, I ask that you would bless them so that they can give to you. I'm asking for a financial blessing out there that we can continue to do some work while it's still day and man can still work. Because night cometh and no man can work at that time. God, I'm asking for a physical blessing. We, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity attacking the people out there. I bind it in Jesus' name and I command it to loose the people of God out there right now. Apply the blood of Jesus to the people tuning in right now. Live on MP3. I ask God for a hedge of supernatural protection. Warrior angels with flaming swords to go out and encircle them right now and their families for their protection. It says the angel of the Lord encampeth about the righteous. I break all hexes and vexes and curses and spells that have been sent against the people of God. Many curses have been uttered by Christians, Father God. We break them off of these people right now. Commanded to go back to the demon that sent it. I bind all demons and witchcraft attacks against the people away from them, and I command to go back to the demon that sent it sevenfold on that demon's head in Jesus' name. We break any ungodly soul ties. I ask God in Jesus' name that you would loose angels to go out there and recover bits of fragmented soul of the people tuning in tonight, the believers and that those angels would go and locate these, dig them up wherever they may be, and bring them back and put them in their rightful order. King David said, You restoreth my soul. Father God, restore our fragmented souls and minds so that we can think clearly and we can have true relationships and love one another. Some of us have no capacity to love God because we are so fragmented 
because of the relations that we have had outside of marriage. I break any ungodly silver cords and ley lines. I cut all astral projection silver cords. I bind incubus and succubus and asmodeus, which is attacking the people of God as they try to sleep. I break all witchcraft attacks off of them and all curses that have been sent against them in their dream state. In the name of Jesus Christ, command it to go back to where it came from, sevenfold. And I'm asking God that you would open our eyes, let us not be deceived, and show us very clearly what you would have us to do in this hour, what preparations you would like us to make, and put a hunger and a thirst in us, Father God, that we'll get into your word every day. I'm guilty of it myself, God. My flesh strives against reading the word of God. Give me a supernatural craving for your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's the only way any of us can be able to make it. And I ask all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Bless and keep people, Father God, until we can be together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, check the um, listings. I've got a full week this week. I probably have ten more shows scheduled between now and the weekend. Going to have some great programs. God bless you. Uh, check out OmegaManRadio.com. Add me to your friends list. And the most important thing you can do is pray for me and uh, send out an email link to your friends. Let them know about the program. Um, my goodness, if we can just spread the word. Okay, we can just uh, wake up a lot of people. I do believe we can, we've can. got to keep working and occupy until the Lord returns. One man and one woman can make a difference. Join us Saturday nights. Dr. Pat Holliday, School of Deliverance, and the School of Intercessory Repair on Sunday. And check out MiracleInternetChurch.com. PatHoliday.com, and get fed over there on spiritual warfare. Love you all guys and gals. Talk to you later.